0: hello it is friday june 12th 2020 we got a great show for you can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show i know there's a lot of other options of things that can penetrate your ear holes and the fact that you allow us to come right inside of there we can't thank you enough good conversations today a little feel good friday hopefully leading into a weekend where either america will become a better place keep going that way and hopefully the regular world will get back into how we're operating too. Sports are back. Shout out to the AFL. We'll talk about that a little bit. And good conversation. If you like the show, please tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never fucking happened. Hashtag this where I'm at, Pat. Take a picture where you're listening. Share it with me on the Twitter. And you'll be a part of something special that we're putting together. Let's get to this conversation, shall we? Joining us now is Dr. A man who has a Rhodes Scholar to his name was an NFL player. Was amazing in college football as well. Somehow found enough time to also become a neurosurgeon. Ladies and gentlemen, Myron Roll. Yeah, Myron! Yeah. Woo!
1: Doc, what's going on, boss?
0: <laughs> sure, I I didn't say Doctor Myron Roll. That's You earned the title doctor, like that. I should have 100% called you Dr. Myron Roll there. I just said Myron Roll, so I take that back. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Myron Roll. boy, Doc! Okay, Doc, I just got sent this information uh, to me just moments ago and wanted to talk about this because this is an amazing thing. Myron's experiences as a neurosurgeon medical service provider treating coronavirus patients at Massachusetts General Hospital has led him to believe the conclusion that more is required to combat COVID-19. Specifically, availability of personal protection equipment through the Myron Myron L. Roll Foundation. Dr. Roll is attempting to reduce the PPE challenges he will provide. Listen to what this doctor is going to do. He will provide 1,500 face masks to two organizations that endeavor to altruistically provide for all communities. The organizations receiving these are the Appalachian Center in Tallahassee, Florida, while at Florida State University, Myron, has seen the outreach programs at Appalachian Center, where those in need in the local Tallahassee community receive much needed care, and the Boys and Girls Club in Boston, Massachusetts. Good on you, dog. Wow good on you doc what has it Thanks. been like to battle against this thing we talked to you at the very beginning of this thing and now we're a couple months later what has life been like up there in massachusetts
2: yeah it's um thank you for having me again pat i appreciate it it's uh it's been it's been um better i would say uh i would say our hospital is n- normalizing again we've opened up our um, operating rooms to allow surgeries to happen again i just did Three brain surgeries yesterday, four the day before that. So we're starting to uh, increase the volume of patients again. Me too. All right. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, um, our ICUs are uh, are sort of turning back into what they typically you know treat patients for uh, less COVID patients. I think we had maybe 27 COVID patients and about 70 at risk. So we're allowing patients, families to come into hospital more now, uh, non-essential workers are coming back. So things are starting to turn the corner for sure.
0: Great work. Let's go. go. Great work up there without you and the other doctors and the frontline people, we wouldn't be in this position that we're in. Let's speak about the position that we're currently in right now. Everybody's saying that the Arizona Corona rate is going through the roof. Then there was obviously the thought that, well, the virus won't survive in heat. So everybody thought Arizona was comp- uh, potentially okay. Tech- Texas numbers are going up. Is this something as we go forward in our existence that's going to be viewed like the flu? Like, yes, people might get cases, but not everybody's going to die from it. I feel like the beginning of this thing was if you get the Rona, you're going to die. Are we at the point now where we know a little bit more about it, where potentially this is just going to become a part of our lives going forward?
2: You're absolutely right. I think so. I think so. I think we have enough data points, enough data entry, enough information, enough research, uh, enough, you know, sort of objective data to sort of um, understand and predict what may happen when the and trends may happen. And obviously we're working incredibly hard to get antiviral therapies and uh, vaccines and antibody tests done so that we're able to be uh, more out in front. If this were to spike again at some other point of the year, uh, if a pandemic were to come again, especially one that is analogous to this, I think we'll have a better handle on it just because of not only anecdotal experience that different hospitals have had, but the hard data, the hard science that a lot of these um, very impressive intellectual people are sort of working through in their labs day to day. So, yeah, I think it's be something that we're going to you know, sort of see and have to mitigate um, you know, yearly. Uh, but I think that we're gonna have a better response for it as we go forward. Yeah,
0: because that was the big thing, right? Nobody knew anything about this thing. So whenever we first saw the first reactions and people were talking about hallucinations and potentially passing away to the older community and and people that are immunocompromised and things of that nature, we had no idea what to happen. Now with three months of research and studies, I feel like you guys in the doctor community are much more comfortable if you do have to treat uh, another COVID-19 patient, is that accurate?
2: Absolutely. We have a pathway now. We even have an order set in our hospital, for instance, at Harvard, where we you know, ha- can type in a dot phrase, basically, and then it just takes us to an order set of who you need to consult, what images you need to get, what labs you need to get, what antibiotics you need to start. It literally it just auto-populates for you because we have so much information of how to treat these people now. So instead of standing flat foot and being off balance like we were hit the first time when this came around, I think we're much better prepared and much more equipped to do what we need to do.
0: What countries have been doing well on the rollout plan? Because we we saw the AFL, Aussie Rules Football, uh, debuted their round two this morning. And then you're hearing about other countries potentially opening up a little bit. New Zealand has no cases. Australia's had no cases. Is that going to be normal for our country with how big we are and things of that nature? Can we look to other countries on how they rolled back into maybe normalizing society again?
2: I think we can. I think you can look at um, you know how to uh, reintegrate people back into their normal lives, get people going to uh, their normal assembly activities. Um, but I, one thing that America has done for a long, for a long time is sort of classify itself as being different than the rest of the world and saying that our structure and our way of life is a bit different than others. So. It might be hard-pressed to get a couple lawmakers to feel that they should take advice or take the examples of other countries. And that's just that's just a historical thing and just a, maybe a pride thing, but from a hard science kind of deal and kind of looking at it um, outside of our own myopia, I think you can really look at uh, how to reestablish uh, some sense of normalcy, not only just for uh, getting people and the economy back going again, uh, but also to boost the morale, just to have country morale and say, you know what, We've, we went through a very tough time. We did lose a lot of people, and we have to understand that. And now the, the goal is to sort of keep our country moving forward, keep the progress happening, uh, never forget those that we lost. And if this were to happen again, or uh, we get um, a threat of having another pandemic, um, we are better prepared to handle it the next time so that we can um, certainly reduce those numbers of people, not only who lives have been lost, but lives have been affected. There's going to be people who have been changed for the rest of their life because of this. Their hospitalization, the fact that they were away from their family, the fact that they, um, you know, now had to de- have to deal with this sort of stigma of having COVID-19 everywhere they go. Uh, beyond the fact that you know they were able to maybe recover from it, but the fact that you were even implicated in this, you know, pandemic makes it very difficult for people to look at you and say, "Oh, should I be around you?" Should I social distance from you? Do I need to be around you? Do I need to do something else? You're gonna have sort of this, um, as you remember the Scarlet Letter back in Massachusetts, right, you had this A if you were an adulteress or something like that. People would sort of socially distance and shun themselves away from you. So there's that sort of social dynamic that uh, is not really talked about a lot because it's probably not the most pressing issue, but it's something that I think uh, underscores all of this.
0: I think the information that you just said about how we are much more prepared for if somebody was to get COVID-19 again Is information that a lot of people need to hear so that type of stuff doesn't happen because for instance if If a guy in our office had it and he leaves or whatever and he comes back I assume a lot of people were like well This thing was killing people boom. We're gonna we're gonna stay away from him but that information that the medical field in not only our country but everywhere has a road path to how to treat it and move forward is something that I think a lot of people hear and I can't thank you enough for sharing that information it makes me feel a lot better by the way I, I thought there was a potential gloom and doom conversation coming with you I'm happy <laughs> I'm happy that is not the case have you ever thought about running for president are you gonna run for you're gonna run for president yeah
2: <laughs> well, I'm 33, so I got some time. But, too, uh, you know, its I saw Barack Obama go in like a young man with nice, healthy hair and you know, left like really gray. So I'm not sure if that works for me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, the presidency is not an easy one from what I've been told. But, man, you've been there, done that with a lot of things that aren't easy at all. Um, going forward here okay, as a country, going forward, when you see these rules that all seem to I don't want to see contradict each other, but they do kind of contradict each other. So for instance, for, at a football facility right now, they're getting back into work, they're getting tested on the way in, but then when they're in there, they have to wear a mask, unless it's athletic, uh, thus they're doing something athletic, which is on top of each other. Then when they're not doing it, they have to put a mask on, take the mask off, they shower together. There are so many things that seem to contradict each other. I think that is why the mixed messaging is going on. Why do these all seem to kind of go against each other? Can't eat this small business, but can go to this grocery store where everybody's at. Can't wear, don't have to wear a mask whenever I'm doing something athletic on top of each other, but any other time I have to wear a mask. None of it really seems to add up. Am I the only one that is dumb enough to be confused by a lot of these things?
2: No, certainly we all are. And I think it's part of the growing pains of trying to figure out what's the appropriate steps Uh, I had a chance to speak to the Patriots. I'm good friends with the McCourty twins. Uh, Jason McCourty and I played together um, with the Titans and he, uh, his trainer and coach Belichick invited me to speak to the team and, uh, you know, just sort of asking me to sort of put it in, you know, layman's terms or put it in a football player's terms. What should I do individually to sort of um, keep myself healthy and then protect my family as well? And I just gave him a few quick things. One, make sure your diet is still good, right? Make sure that you're Keeping um, your vitamins and minerals um, up in your body uh, so continues to boost your immune system because uh, we know vitamin D. You can you can have enough vitamin D, and you can um, sort of help these uh, the cells that are able to. I see you're writing. you writing that, <laughs> oh, <yeah, yeah. laughs> that are able to fight um, you know sort of inflammatory or, or, or infectious diseases like this, right? Upper respiratory infections. Uh, another thing is, why I tell them when you go into the facility, uh, a lot of guys go in with their street clothes. Uh, they walk around for a while, dap up their friends, go move this way, move that way. Take off your street clothes immediately when you get into the locker room. Change to your workout gear. Take that off immediately when you're done. Get your street clothes on to go immediately out, right? So for us, when we go into the hospital, we go in, change immediately, put on new scrubs, operate, go see patients in the ED, go in the ICU, go in the wards, and then once we leave, we take those scrubs off, put on new scrubs, and get out of there as quickly as we can. I told them about sanitizing all of their equipment, like, almost being neurotic with it treating everyone as almost as if they are an asymptomatic carrier even if they tell you they're okay so i was just going through all those little things that you can do individually you can't you can't really do much about the actual nature of the sport you're tackling people you're sweating on each other you're in a huddle you know all those things but the things that you can control trying to distance yourself in the team meeting rooms when you're watching film you know sit two or three seats apart whatever you can do that can be helpful and as long as you do that i think that you're at least being conscientious that this is still an issue and we're not fully over it, but we're getting there, but we're not all the way done.
0: I don't know how our relationship is with the World Health Organization. I think Fauci even turned on him the other day, who <laughs> was a member of the World Health Organization for like 30 years or something like that. I So I don't know what information you can believe and you can't believe. You mentioned it. You alluded to it there about how asymptomatic carriers, they said, are actually not Carrying or can, making it contagious for anybody, where that was the big wave, I think, like a month and a half ago, was like even if you don't have it, you potentially are spreading, or even if you don't feel like you have it, you're potentially spreading it. Where do we stand with the asymptomatic characters and uh, carriers in your eyes?
2: I think it's something that's still uh, that's still obviously being studied, but I think it's a risk, and I think it's not worth saying. You know what? I'm just going to take uh, the the sort of insight from uh, a group um, that maybe has an agenda or a group that hasn't done enough research or a group that doesn't have enough you know, enough time to sort of study this out, right? We're not five years out from this where we can say, okay, we have good trends, we know where we're going. I think there's still a lot that we, there's a lot that we know and a lot that we don't know. And I just don't think that it's a time to gamble with the idea that, you know, maybe I can go out and, you know, be in a crowd uh, and just really be full, free, vulnerable, like I would, you know, two years ago when this wasn't really an issue, right? I, I think that at this point, nobody is going to blame you for trying to be neurotic with your health making sure that you're adhering to the behavioral lifestyle modifications, hand hygiene, face masks, separating yourself, doing all those things until we truly, truly have a real good handle on it. We are moving in a great direction. I'm proud of the way the country is going. I'm proud of the way the medical professionals, even how normal citizenry has adapted and adopted this new lifestyle. But I just feel like there's still a little more push to go. And once we get there, I think we'll have, um, you know, a a bit easier time doing it. But for right now, I would say just keep your foot on the gas pedal and keep moving forward with um, being a little bit uncomfortable for the time being.
0: I'm 33 as well. I don't know how uh, these two humans uh, (laughs) have lived on Earth the same amount of time, but I'm thankful you did, sir. I can't thank your brain enough. Congratulations on all your success. Thanks for saving the world. Thanks for donating 1,500 masks to a couple of different charities. I mean, you're a good person, and uh, I enjoy every conversation we have together. Thank you so much for joining
2: us. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate it, man.
0: I think you got to be 35 to run for president, or 36,
2: so... Figure it out. <laughs> figure. Hey, hey, you know, how about me and you do it together? How's
0: that? Hey,
3: oh, hey. Yeah.
0: hey. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think there's. A, I will drag you down. <laughs> He's a to Dr. Myron Roll.
3: Yeah, doc.
0: Thank you, Doc.
4: Great conversation. Just did seven brain surgeries in the last two days. Yeah, no big deal. I mean, we've gotten so back
0: smart. to other things other than COVID-19. For instance, I, I think I did three brain surgeries yesterday. Three yesterday and then four brain surgeries <laughs> the day before that. Uh, today, I'm just kind of hanging out talking to an idiot. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like we're, we're... It was overly positive, but also skeptic. still... Skeptical. A little be skeptical, safe.
0: yeah. Which, Which is I good, think is the right... Good news for us. And I think he said we've been doing a good job. yeah. That, Dr. Martin Rolson, we've been doing a good job. Thanks, Doc. Right, Thank you for us. Have Yeah. So sorry to interrupt, but I have to tell you right meow. That today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see some hair sticking out of those stupid holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes. I have a massive sniffer and hair coming out of my massive sniffer is a massive problem. Insert weed whacker. It is built to get in there in a beautiful fashion. It is built to corner the nose hair trimmer market because it is gorgeous and it lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. So if you have a massive snozz like me, you can go to work. The premium manscaped weed whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Are you fucking kidding me? It's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof which makes for easy operation and cleaning. This is the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery. That's why it lasts up to 90 minutes. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Think about it manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene yes you'll get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable 79 percent of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff wow that's a high percentage by the way 79 percent 21% people said, you know what, long nose hair, not a fucking problem. But 79% said that's a major turnoff. And those 79% are right because I don't even like seeing it coming out of my snobs. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and hairs out of our holes. Gone. You get it. 20% off and free shipping with code McAfee at Manscaped.com. Shout out to the Weed Whacker, the Lawn Mower, and Manscaped.com. Code McAfee, 20% off and free shipping. Hello and welcome to McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Sitting to my left is Mr. A.J. Hawk. I am Pat McAfee, and I have breaking news. What? In the NFL world. Breaking, breaking news. It has come to my attention that sources have told me that July 28th will be the reporting date for every single NFL veteran. Yeah. Every yeah. single yeah. NFL veteran will report for training camp on July 28th. Nothing will be happening before every single veteran will report on July 28th, except for the teams that are playing in the Hall of Fame game. They make, they will come earlier and the rookies are potentially going to come a week before that for every team on the 21st. There won't be anything else happening Veterans got information that they are to report on July 28th. This is just like when the lockout happened. Just like what uh, Sean Payton basically said whenever he said we're we're not doing Zoom meetings. Okay, we're, uh, I'll see a training camp. That is what it is, July 28th, official check-in date. So, AJ, when you and I were talking before this, and you said, what, the players report on Ju- July 29th? Or, I said, no. You said, oh, what, the, the players report on July 27th? I said, no. You were wrong both of those times, but you were awfully close. I have
3: the sources that tell me it's the 28th. Every, every team is going to be reporting in training camp. Okay, so t- explain to me how this is breaking news. What do you mean? What do you mean? The what? NFL. Do you think it's, it's breaking news because they set a date, meaning, like, okay, they plan on going to training camp? NBA, July
0: 31st. After the NFL reports, the NBA will be having their games in Orlando if the players get on board, which there are 40 to 50 players, I guess, that don't want to, uh, that potentially don't want
3: to do what's going on in Orlando. Pat, you, you know, we talked about Major League Baseball mating our services as replacement players. I don't know if you saw this, but. The NBA says if some players do not feel comfortable coming back, they may take some replacement players. So I feel like we may need to throw our hats in the ring. Wow!
0: Rim. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been preparing for this. Oh yeah. I built the office for this moment actually. We have an NBA three we've been shooting on because whenever I put the NBA three in the office and everybody who comes in from the outside comes up three, four feet short every single time because it's a little bit different from back where we shoot in the NBA. I always said there's no chance I ever play in college. There's no chance, my eligibility's gone. But hey, what if one day somehow I wake up and i can just stroke it every maybe i get in the nba maybe i play in a uh, one of those uh, notable human games that happens at yeah. the nba all-star mm-hmm. game and i could just get wet from nba3 but now there's a chance i'm actually going to play for an nba championship what wow. whoa oh, oh.
1: what 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 broke
0: his ankles
5: what whoa. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa 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 got him oh, oh. good fundamentals
3: stay on the ground aj what team do you want to play for
0: lakers Put me on the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Who,
3: who is the biggest, like, who is going to win the NBA championship, honestly?
0: Everybody thinks it's probably going to be the Clippers because they're very deep. Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks, but nobody knows. Coming out of quarantine, people could be rusty. Oh, yeah. You don't think this is LeBron's
3: year to make it happen in L.A.? I didn't say,
0: I just said people have been saying, I think LeBron Braun's yeah. going to win the whole damn thing. But yeah. if they set it up, if it gets set up in the fashion that it was originally, they were in a bad spot, but now they have a chance to really go for it. I, I think maybe. LeBron Braun wins the whole thing, wins the COVID championship, but there's players that aren't happy about potentially living in that biodome with the world that we're in.
3: I know down in, uh, it's in Disneyland in Orlando. Is that right?
0: Yeah. It's the Disney MLS York. is coming back July 8th. They have a 54 game tournament. Now the NFL says, Hey, here's the day we're coming back. That's big news. That is big breaking news. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat Shefter himself. Let everybody know that July 28th is the date. Who is your inside source? Don't worry about it. You never can talk about your sources. I got it. My inside source said, uh, we don't know the exact date yet. We know I know the league's working on it. They're going to get back to us soon.
4: Hmm.
3: Well, your source doesn't so know what, what my okay? source does. The way you said what that happens, gave away your What source. happens to your breaking news, Pat, in your career as a, someone that breaks news if the NFL comes back July 27th? Eh, I
0: was close. <laughs> yeah. Right there.
3: I was close. Yes. You reported that teams will report pretty much at the exact same time they report every other year.
0: I broke that news, yes. I did break that particular news that you just stated right there. Because every other year, guess what? Isn't like this year, AJ. Things are different, uh, okay? Uh-huh. Things are much different. I'm reporting that that is the same though. And it's not normal for every team to check in at the same time. There's always different dates for whatever reason. One day more, two days and none less. none of it
3: really means anything or matters in the overall grand scheme of the season no
0: none of it matters a lot of the people that are getting reps there in the first couple days are not going to make any team i mean it's (laughs) it is a very interesting thing i was there for a hall of fame game training camp that son of a bitch was long long long
3: that so i'm surprised they're still doing the hall of fame game
0: yeah, it's interesting because that would seem to be ahead of a lot of schedules that a lot of other sports don't think that they can do.
3: So if whoever's playing the Hall of Fame game, they always had to go to camp like five, six, seven days before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now you said the rookies are reporting the twenty first, when most teams report the twenty eighth, the veterans now are, are rookies looking at reporting like the fourteenth if you are on the you're on a team that's playing the Hall of Fame game? I don't know. Because are who's you in, who's in the Hall of Fame game?
0: Stullers, the
4: Cowboys, Ultimate Hall of Fame game, best of all time.
0: Hall of Fame game is the worst game that is played (laughs) every year at every level of football.
3: (laughs) How about that?
1: Until the Steelers and Cowboys square off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Until the the
3: players, Pat, when they got extra reps to try to earn a spot on that team, you're Uh, telling me it doesn't mean anything to those guys? Bro, it's like the fourth preseason game, but it's the first preseason
0: game, and nobody knows what the fuck they're doing before four weeks. I mean, it is a... So no Big Ben? Well,
4: doubtful. But Big they Ben may might have. not
0: even be in Canton, Ohio for that game. I, I had to. I was. I actually got hurt like two days before the uh, Hall of Fame game, so I would not have uh, played in the Hall of Fame game if it was to be played in. We actually brought in Michael Pilardi, who put out some great film, bombs and balls. He went to the Carolina Panthers. And everything. He was so damn good. He was going to put in that Hall of Fame game, and he was a guy who hadn't had a chance yet to really put out some good film. So this Hall of Fame game was going to be massive for him because probably a lot of punting and everything like that. And I got hurt. He got in there. And I watched him in practice like the day before, murdering footballs. And I was like, holy shit. I know this general manager doesn't love me already. Now that I'm hurt, they wouldn't cut me, would they? Would they potentially cut me? Maybe they would. And then my next thought was, well... We would compete against each other, and although he is hitting bombs, I feel pretty good about myself as well. So that was the whole thing. But then I thought to myself in the middle, how does this guy not have a fucking job in the NFL somewhere? Like as I was watching him, I'm like, how is this guy not in the NFL? This is unbelievable. So that Hall of Fame game was going to be a, a chance for him to potentially live out his entire dreams. He'd been to like four or five teams, had not really gotten good film. So you're right, it is a good opportunity for people. But since it is an opportunity for people, I mean, they're probably not going to be as good as the people who, you know, if. Uh, made the team before, and that is just something that. Did, wait,
3: did the game happen, or did it, you're acting like it didn't happen?
0: No, remember that was the one where they spray painted the field, and then they put a top. Oh, that on was the, the Packers. Yeah, and they, um, they what's that called? Broiled the field, <laughs> so they actually broiled the field with the sun. They only cooked the top of it. and How, all happy, the...
3: how oh. happy were both teams?
0: Oh, well, we want the. I camp. know because
3: the Packers were there. I was texting with multiple of the trainers and different players throughout like the whole process, and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys the game's going to get canceled? And they're like, yeah, we sure hope so. <laughs> it's a shit show. But the thing was, you're already at camp for a week or whatever, right? So
0: you already took a lot of the downside of the Hall of Fame game if you were a player. Look, but, all the
3: down, all the downside is having five, six extra days of practice. Oh, yeah. And being so locked. Like, up. But, but even then, though, as a player, if you were going to play a quarter or so, they'll say, wait, we're here. We might as well play. I guarantee you, the majority of guys are like, nope, we might as well not Oh, no, you're <laughs> – you're 100% wrong, actually.
0: Why don't we don't play? And I walked out. I take the first bus. Even though I wasn't playing, I wanted to get over there. You walk through a school to get to the locker room. It's a very interesting – I mean, it's a, it's an interesting – It's a high school field. Yeah, and you walk through the high school, and you walk through like a science class out the back door, and then you walk down a hill, and then you get in your locker room. It's very – and the locker room's obviously undersized, especially for the entire roster being there because it's the first week at training camp no cuts have happened. It was very interesting, but when, as soon as I got there, one of the trainers was like, Patty. And I was like, what's going on? Not going to play this fucking game. So those exact <laughs> words. And I was like, why is that? He was like, oh, go out there. So I go out there, and I think Aaron was already out there. And Aaron was there and we had, I think Vinatieri uh, walked over to Aaron and then GMs were out there and all of these people and they were just looking at the, the paint and I just walked right over to where they were talking. I was like, oh, I want to see what's going on here. And I looked and it was just a big glob of paint just stuck together in the middle of the field. And you, you saw, I I, th- I forget who it was, but somebody I saw like gave an actual hand thing It was like, yeah, we can't play football here, right? And then I think Aaron gave like, a, that does seem to be dangerous, like that type of thing or something of that nature. And then all the conversation just started echoing, right? Echoing through the, the trainers, through anybody that was there before the game. Media started hearing about it, then the entire locker room. And they didn't make the official decision until right before, I guess, full warm-ups were about to happen. And that massive dude, what was his name? The the, the, guy, of the, the head uh, of the Hall Fame of Fame guy. Oh Ed something? He, Dave something? Oh this is bad on us. This is why we won't get an NFL job agent. David Baker. David Baker. Ed. <laughs> Looks,
3: Looks like an Ed. He does look like an Ed.
0: <laughs> he is a massive man. He comes into the locker room and gives us like impassioned speech about how it's not good enough for an NFL player to play on. The field is not good enough. We, he gave his whole speech about how we at the Hall of Fame respect and love the level of football that the nf like it was a great speech but it was so hot he was sweating through his <laughs> suit and we had already been told basically that the game wasn't happening so he gave his great speech and there wasn't a lot of people paying attention or whatever and we thought we were just going to get the hell out of there and they're like no no we're going to do something though for the fans that come here and they did like a walkout thing we stood on the field away from each other i mean it was it was very interesting but that was the first time i ever uh shook mr rogers hand i said uh sir Big fan of the way you do life or something like that. And he said, thanks, you too. And then I walked away. And I think that was potentially the moment that kindled into our best friendship. And mm. this son of a wow. bitch. Oh, yeah.
3: huh. So did your whole team get that belt?
0: That The whole team, you mean the team that was... Hand selected by Aaron Rodgers to represent the NFL's past and present in a golf battle against the National Basketball Association? Yes. Yeah, we all got belts. We all got belts. Pat, if you do join the NBA, how, what team are you going to pick? Lakers. No, I'm saying, but if you go back to that golf tournament, NBA or NFL. Yeah, and if I win a championship in basketball, I'll probably be more remembered mm-hmm. for basketball, my basketball legacy, than the, the punting one. Good point. So I don't know what I'd do. I, I'd probably go with the NBA team, yeah, to be honest point. with yeah. you. And then you'll have two belts yeah. for two different teams. And I scored points, probably. So yeah. you, I scored in that sport. This
3: sport, I didn't score anything. I was close. Hey, so I don't... Pat, if you want to play for the Lakers, why don't sure. you right now... Why don't you take this opportunity to, to make a public plea to the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers right now and address him by name and tell him how much you want to be there? Frankie boy, listen. You and I. Oh, you I, know his name? Frank Vogel,
0: you and I have golfed together, okay? <laughs> You've seen my golf swing. And yeah, I might have been bad the first 10 to 11 holes, but what happened when I found it, coach? I found it. That's the same exact stroke I can do from three-point land in the middle of this COVID. Yeah, my first couple games might be ice cold. Might get my shit swatted because I'm maybe a little bit too slow. I might get winded. I might puke. But once I find it, just like I did on that golf course around hole 14, hole 15, I'm going to be stroking. But we be stroking.
4: Stroking. Stroking.
0: I've been stroking in the east I've been stroking, stroking in the west, west. Uh, 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 Stroking the best stroking. stroking!
3: I can do that for the Lakers, Frank And I'm ready to go I've been Where tro- did you play with him? Where did you play golf? He was a coach of the Pacers for a while It was a charity thing Oh, okay See, I assumed you didn't know who the coach was for the Lakers So that's the only reason I said that Well, <laughs> see I know i should have known a big time guy like yourself has celebrity friends all over the globe so i that's my fault i won't make that mistake again
0: well that's only uh this is the celebrity friends all over the globe because this was actually in another country where i won this thing but the
3: um consider a different country yeah you got you need a passport the bahamas was it in the bahamas Come
0: on,
3: that is a different country
0: yeah i know was that that's where the golf tournament was though correct What's that? That was very insensitive. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. What was? Bahamas is an incredible country.
3: Great you know. people. I never said. What did I say about the country? I was I was <laughs> you know where you the said. tournament was. No,
0: you you, you know kind of just said yeah, that yeah, it yeah. wasn't even a country. You know. AJ. Dr. Where's Myron
3: Roll, the- ever heard of him? He's oh. from the country of the Bahamas. Yeah. You're like,
4: oh, that rock in the ocean.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop skewing, first off, what I'm saying. I wasn't sure if that was played like in South Florida somewhere, or my bad, bottom Florida. Or somewhere in the
0: oh, Whoa, 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 whoa! That's a good call back there. Um, in Indiana, though, I do get invited to some of those events, and I, you know, I rarely go. But Frank Vogel and I have uh, swung a club together. He was a great coach for the Pacers whenever he was here, too. Great coach. Then, whenever he got that gig with the Lakers, I was like, oh, good for the Lakers, good guy. Then I did the the Pelicans intro, and they were playing against the Lakers, and Frank was right there. He didn't say a word to me aj uh, was he just
3: too dialed in for the, in the game or what
0: i was hyping up the other team
3: yeah oh yeah so maybe still still he should have like reached out by k-man pat great work
0: he should have known where he was he might have been in a huddle though you know like he might have been because i think they introduced they i wanted to introduce the lakers as well that night you know like i wanted to introduce them Man, a lot of times people say he's the greatest player on earth, but tonight he's bum. LeBron James, like that's how you know the NBA. That's how the NBA introduces the away team, you know. And I wanted to do that. I thought that would have
3: been. Same cool. with the NFL too. Like the NFL, the home team, whether it's offense or defense, there's a big hoopla, there's fireworks, there's craziness. They announce them one by one, and right before that, they're like, "And the in Indianapolis Colts," and everyone just kind of jogs and goes, doesn't even jog on the field, just goes right to the bench. Really, just usually straggles out to like, oh, there's three players. Oh, there's two more. There's five more. And then while the home team's being announced, you see a lot of the vets come strolling out of the tunnel too. Like, I don't need to be out there yet. Where were you in the, in the line of jogging on the field? Were you right up there in the front? Always love the guys that went right to the front. Ne- was- I never went in the front. I never luckily had any like, superstitions that I needed to be there. I was always right towards the back, I would say. The guys that go to the front,
0: I'll tell you what, a lot of pressure. You got to run as fast as you can. You know, you got to run as fast as you can. And the good news is, nor- I don't know. I, for most of the teams that I was on, the people that would go to the front were either like not around very long, right? Which is kind of a bummer, to be honest with you, because they all, a lot of them had great personalities. But normally, you see a lot of people trail in the back. You know what I mean? Like normally it's a lot of people, I don't know. I've, I think that sprint – Julian Edelman, I guess, does that full sprint out. Oh, I yeah. think that's pretty badass. 100
3: yards all the way to the Yeah, other there's end people
0: zone. that do it. I think there's some really cool things. But the whole, the whole dramatics of a lot of that shit, I, I don't fully comprehend.
3: Well, the dramatics of, like, someone that sprints out there and then kind of separates himself from the team. Say they run all the way down to the corner of an end zone and they pray for three minutes by themselves. The prayer, the prayer group,
0: too, is always – because I'm trying to warm up, hit some more punts, you know. But then you got Jesus scattered along the red zone there on that one side, and then you turn around, it's the other team. It's like, do I want to hit our good guys or their good guys? And I don't want to start a war right now. So I'll just punt it sideways, I guess, until God's done with the conversation with all of them at the same time. So he's, I don't know. There's always a lot going on. Whatever gets you in the best feeling to play the best football, I guess, is good. But when I, how many times – what did you do when you got intro to yourself? At linebacker, number 50, A.J. Hawk.
3: I just – Kind of trotted out there. Oh,
4: I pictured you as like more of like a Ray Lewis entrance type guy.
3: Yeah, why didn't you do a Ray Lewis type thing? There's only one Ray Lewis guys. I cannot imitate him. That guy is unbelievable. So no, I just I stayed in my lane. I did what I felt comfortable doing. Just kind of cruising out there. Did you have helmet on or helmet off? Helmet on always. Oh, jeez. How many times do you think you had any, all, a lot, huh? What introed? Yeah. Well, just every other game at home, they would do offense, defense, offense, defense. See that? Do you hear what he just said right there? Wow. That's a problem with the sport.
1: Why?
0: Well, there's three phases of football, obviously. Well, you
3: could put spe- maybe We probably threw specialists in there sometimes. Yeah, probably. Probably not, too. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Because they were the problem was specialists, you guys got out there so early. You were already out there punting back and forth into the, the people praying, so therefore they weren't able to run out with us.
0: My first time getting intro was with Chuck Pagano like year seven or eight or something like that. I think it was year seven, maybe. It was awesome. Chuck was like, uh, have you ever been intro or whatever he said to me? And I said, no. He said, you're getting intro'd. I was like, oh, I got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. He's like, listen, listen. <laughs> Gave me like a, listen, like a, don't, let's let's not get too crazy. So I handed my helmet off to a trainer. Take the helmet, please. Let's get the face out here. Let's put the hat on. Full spin reaction as the fire's going off. Absolute absurdity. And I thought for sure there was no chance they would let me get intro'd again. And they did. And I was pretty pumped up about it. Poor Vinatieri, obviously, Hall of Famer right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a 35 35- second i'm doing a 35 second wrestling entrance didn't know if it was gonna ever happen again and then the next time it happened i was like this is probably gonna be the last time this ever happens so i got to make the most of it vinitary's back there like i have accomplished more in a quarter of my career than this guy but i'll wait for him with my helmet on and just jog
3: straight out i was like "Yeah, got it Vinny. no big deal no what about your basketball intro how's that going to be when they intro you you get to do all the cool you're gonna have different high fives with every single player Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a couple we're gonna have a couple shh,
0: shh, shh, hand, uh handshakes Ooh. with people. Me and Bron Braun will have one probably it's very, very long if I had to guess. Yeah. And and old Frankie V doesn't even know he brings me back, he's gonna have a handshake too in the Make middle of that will. thing. Normally <laughs> the coaches try to stay away from that a little bit more serious. Frankie V and I are gonna have a full, full sesh out mm-hmm. there. You big handshake guy? I assume you're a big handshake guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> assume. Yeah, of course. Love handshakes. Love the Choreographed handshakes. I had one with every one of my 90 teammates at the beginning of every training camp.
4: That's pretty cool.
3: I had one choreographed handshake there for a little bit. And it was because
0: we were on a bus ride home from a soccer game. And we weren't allowed to speak because we lost. So we were sitting. What's that? that? (laughs) What's that? I can relate to that. I know exactly how that feels. So we're sitting there and we're the youngest dudes on the bus, too. So we're just sitting there. And uh, we just, it was like a 45 minute ride too, if I do recall, a little bit of a haul. And me and old Slar Monster, we put together this handshake that was, and we failed obviously numerous times. And then the the challenge was, can we remember this tomorrow? That's the challenge. And we hit it, we hit it. And then all it takes is just, You know, one day of just kind of maybe smoking too many vitamins and all of a sudden you forget one of the choreographed moves with your hands and that is a problem for everybody. That is a real problem for everybody. Sam and I have one every once in a while that we do casually and if I fuck that up, I feel like uh, she feels as if, you know, she beat me in the caring for the other person in the relationship thing and I try not to fuck that up as well. So I've had a couple choreographed handshakes.
3: I don't mind that. I don't mind. Like I I think it's cool sometimes when you see Spouses have a choreographed handshake, like you said, yourself and Sam. I enjoy that. I'm like, hey, these people care about each other. Yeah, but if you're the one that fucks it up, do you care less? You <laughs> care much less. That's you you weren't paying attention. You were stuck in your own mind, in your own life, and you don't you don't care about the person you're living with. Yes.
0: Hey,
3: what the fuck, dude? <laughs> this guy. Oh, I sent my uh I sent my RSVP in for your wedding. Oh, oh, <laughs> awesome.
0: oh AJ. 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 Why AJ. today? AJ, Aj, there's no reason to bring it up. Aj. Right
3: oh, I don't oh. know. I, I, I honestly. Oh, don't is, know that you're oh is that
0: your
4: breaking news?
0: Aj. Aj.
4: Gee, hey, that's some
0: sense. So you know, <laughs> as does the rest of the world now, that Hawaii oh. has extended its must have 14-day quarantine upon arrival to the state until the end of July at, at least. So a wedding oh, on August... You made it.
3: Th- huh? You made it. You're right under the wire. Yeah, you're but right a wedding on
0: August 1st that. is going to be difficult if you literally can't arrive until August 1st <laughs> without getting locked down in your house so or in your room. So it, we have had to, unfortunately change the location you will be getting another letter in the mail or another text message about uh alternative plans i feel so bad for my lady she's had to plan like three four different weddings now at this point it is and by the way not a great time from what i've been understanding planning weddings not just like a blast to do from what i've been told especially in in the uh, midst
3: of a worldwide pandemic yeah yeah, I didn't know. Honestly, I, I apologize. Oh, shit. Right, sure. oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I had no idea of Okay. Because
0: okay. oh, you didn't anger. have your
4: Google alert set to why, Aj. Come on. Like yeah. we're gonna believe that?
0: Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. My fiance is crying right now because you just brought it up. Oh, oh, I'm
3: sorry. I am apologize. But you know what? On my RSVP, I'm, I did write "Congrats" with an exclamation mark. Oh, that's pretty nice, oh, actually. Yeah.
5: That's nice. Exclamation uh, is big. Sure, mean that means a lot. Damn, Damn it. Did you?
3: <laughs> Did you send a gift as well? Aren't you supposed to send a gift, I think? Not with the RSVP, but I did try to go onto your site and find out where you registered, and I cannot figure it out. So I'm going to be exploring that later in the week.
0: No, no, no. We have a special registry for you. Send it
3: to me. Send me a link.
0: It's the office registry. I will. (laughs) What, do we got that volleyball, four-way volleyball net? Oh, that's the... You seen that thing? I got influence into buying it last night. Oh, you did buy it? Yeah.
4: Awesome. Can't yeah. wait.
0: It's they got it's a, two, a better Foursquare. square. It, they got to buy two, get one free. Thing. We don't need three of these oh, things. Oh, we do need three. No, no. We, we, we bought one. Of, have you seen this, AJ? I got influence into buying this last oh, night. Oh, the best. This is the way things go. I'll scroll through. The in influ- the, the marketing, they know me. Okay? They get me. And it will pop up. I'll just hit the little forward arrow. If it's something for the house, I send it to uh, my beautiful lady, Sam. And if it's something for the office, I send it right to Zito. And I go, Zito need this by tomorrow if possible zito has uh, a card to the company bingo bango we have wait until you see the content that we create with this four square volleyball game aj it's unbelievable
3: that sounds like fun actually i would i would like to take part in that someday if i should make the trek to indy but why going back though if there's something that you find that you like say you're scrolling through instagram or whatever you see something and you click on it why don't you just Take the next step and buy it yourself. Why do you have to send it to Sam or to Zito?
0: Well, because Zito's got it already set up. So his thing is already set up, ready to go with our business card. And Sam has it all set up at the house. Boom. And also, Sam filters some things, too. I'll send some things to her. She'll know that I forget about them and they don't buy. If it's going straight to Zito, I know it's coming into the office. <laughs>
5: the only it's, thing that I have oh, not this bought yet, awesome. that you sent me was the RG3 side helmet.
0: Oh, Yeah, why, why is that not happening? We haven't got
5: it yet. We have not got it yet. Okay. We have bought
4: it, here. though. I can't wait for that to be in the office.
3: Yeah, that's going to be the... I know what I'm getting you now. I, I know I can't tell you. It'll be a surprise. I'm going to tell Ty about it some other time off air, but I know what I'm getting you, and it's going to be some kind of piece of memorabilia.
4: Percasa. Huh. Hmm.
3: Are you giving me one of your helmets? That's probably fucking dented because you throw that
0: head around at people so much.
3: <laughs> nothing, nothing of mine. It's going to be another oh. high, like it's going to be some high profile person that we've talked about on the show before. Ty is a big fan of this person. I just got to scour the internet and try to find a few. Things. You are, you are the best gift giver as a
0: dude that I've ever met in my entire life. Pretty what good. Bro, this fucking—we still have this unicorn or this uh, what is this called centaur yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. thing that you sent me like two Christmases ago. It's awesome. I don't think I don't think of things like this.
3: You're you're like a great gift giver. Let alone... I didn't really think of it. That was more of the the artist thought of that. I said I, I said I wanted to put Pat's torso on, make it a centaur, I and him mean, just ran guy
0: it. painted that. Hmm? Zito wants to know if you painted. Is that what you said? No, that's a Picasso. Is that a Picasso?
3: That is not a Picasso. That's a uh, guy named Kevin Bickle, who's a, a local artist. But Picasso. Oh, he does the same thing, though.
0: looks like a Picasso. Maybe
3: you will get a Picasso eventually. Maybe that'll be a, a I don't day.
0: want a guy's nuts paint. Please.
5: <laughs> oh, I don't. That's everything. That's everything. He uses his butt, too. What? Yeah, I had to watch a video the other
0: day. Dustin Johnson putting. <laughs> That's how putting, makes the eyes. Dustin Johnson putting for par here on the ninth hole. Puts it home. He is currently plus one. Rough start Ooh. for DJ.
3: Yikes. Well, they just. Uh, they just fist-bumped. Are they allowed to do that? Oh, yeah.
0: Somebody just shook hands, too, I think I just
3: saw. Oh, no. I was
0: blocked. Justin Rose. What Aww. are you doing that for? They've all been tested. <clears throat>
3: well, you stop touching. each don't even look at each other. There's a lot of people on this course for not having spectators.
0: This is in Fort Worth, Texas. There's, a, there's a spectator right underneath that tree. No, he, he, that guy's finding a ball. If a ball rolls underneath that particular spot of that tree, that guy's going to get it. That's how they got around it. The people that own this course have friends that are like, <laughs> how can I get in? They say, oh, we need people to find
3: balls. Well, all these tournaments have volunteers all over. You know, you've played in tournaments like that. There's volunteers, but, yeah, I guess it just looks like a lot of people. Oh, running fuck! Phil. That went in
0: the water?
3: Phil's wearing shades today, too. Well, that's oh, why did. he puts
0: the ball in the water, Phil. He's minus two. He's off to a hot start. He was my pick to win this whole damn thing because he lost to Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. What's up, Diggs?
4: Uh, AJ, we were talking about memorabilia, and, like, a lot of the people who were interviewed who won Super Bowls have Super Bowl trophies behind them. Do you get a Super Bowl trophy as well?
3: I don't get one. I think Aaron has one in his basement because he was the MVP, but I don't know any other players that have one. No, because we interviewed – Don't you get like little replica ones? had. remember he had like six of them done. Yeah,
0: they don't give you like little replica ones or anything like
3: that? I don't know. Maybe I didn't fill out the proper forms. (laughs) Oh, my God. AJ, we got to get you a little replica Lombardi, bub. I got got my brother a a replica Super Bowl ring that's a paperweight. It's gigantic. (laughs) Listen
0: to this. I know what I'm going to get you. I'm not going to tell you now, but I know what I'm going to get you. I'll tell Ty – and then I know what I'm going to get you.
5: I
3: already got it. You don't need to get me anything.
0: No, I'm getting you something very special. Hey, it's going to be a surprise. another question. Quickly. Oh, this is only eighteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> quick! <laughs>
3: Buy that now. <laughs> Buy it, Zeno. because Pat is unable to use a credit card, so he's got to send all of his purchases to other people.
0: Yep. Well, um, it, it'll be—it's it,
3: it, an expedited process, AJ. It's not. It's an extra step in the process, so it's definitely not, but it doesn't matter. I want to know, you had an interview with Mason Cox, Coxzilla himself. Oh. So, he's from... Texas, went to Oklahoma State, and has a full-blown Australian <laughs> accent, and he's been there for like five years. Six how years. How does that work?
0: Six years. It's gotten even heavier, too, since the last time we talked to him. I have no clue how that works. Now, I can understand, because if I call somebody on the phone and they have an accent, I'm immediately going to pick up that accent while talking to the person. I'm not good at that. There is no discipline for me in not speaking like the person that I'm talking to. That's why my Pittsburgh accent is so... it get. I go to Pittsburgh for a weekend. Wait till I come back after that. It gets even heavier. So I can understand how he can pick up a a little bit of an Australian, maybe hint in his accent, maybe like with a Southern draw in there as well. I wonder if the Australians can tell that he's an American, a Southern American. I'm sure they can. He sounded like he was speaking with a 400% Australian accent. I didn't even understand some of the things, and we're speaking the same language. It was unbelievable to me. He's a
3: good dude, though. He is. It's a great accent. I understand why you would let yourself kind of slide into that, especially if you've been living there and you've been quarantined with people like that. But he sounded like my buddy that was a a punter that from Australia still lives there. I still talk to him. He sounded just like him. I was like, wow, this dude, Pat said he's an American. I don't believe it. And then I looked him up. I'm like, yeah, he is full-blown American. Coxzilla is an American. I co-
4: have a theory where the cooler accent always wins. So like people mm. uh, from Australia Smart. or Ireland or Britain who come over here, they don't pick up an American accent. They keep their accent. But if we go there, because it is a cooler accent, we then adopt their accent. The body just automatically makes itself cooler. Survival of the fittest. Accept and adapt to the cooler accent.
0: That's right, had Atta boy, Jace. Tony. Yes. Yes. Well, good. Good. I think it's probably accurate too. That's why... You can get people that go down the South that don't pick up the Southern accent yeah. because in their minds, they don't think it's cool. You put me in the South for a little bit, though? <laughs> I'm drawing everything. <laughs> yeah. Phil Mixon always like, just chipped yeah. in after putting one in the water. Son of a bitch is back.
3: <laughs> Pat, are you like uh, some different kids that I went to high school with where grew up in Ohio, no accent, whatever. All of a sudden, they come back for Thanksgiving break, so they'd been at their college for maybe two months, and they're like, Oh, what are y'all doing over here? You go, oh man, I reckon it's a bad day for yet for that, huh? And I'm like, wait, what? Where do you go? Like, oh, I go to Georgia. I'm like, oh, cool. You developed an accent, and you were there for 49 days. <laughs> you were the worst, huh? Yeah, you. Were, I, did you get red shirted? No. Me neither, by the way, just, just <laughs> why, so you know. Them. Why did you ask that? <laughs>
0: well, because I thought there was a chance that you did go home throughout your freshman year and things of that nature and and maybe go to other people's colleges. And just yeah. hearing how you were acting right there, I I bet you were a savage, uh, just a ruthless savage to people.
3: No, I never said anything to the people unless oh, yeah, I was you were like, a close, mute. personal friends with them. I forgot you were a mute there for a while, weren't you? Yeah, definitely at that time, for sure.
0: Why? I'm so happy you're no longer a mute. By the way, It'd be so scary if you're just. Sitting I don't know. In corner or I may go nothing. back.
3: At times, I'm I'm going back into becoming another a mute again. Did you
0: watch the AFL this morning?
3: Yeah, every second.
0: I don't know if you're being serious or not. No, I
3: didn't. I, did not, I did not see it. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I was about to say I wish you're a mute now because I don't know what you're saying. But you missed the AFL's debut oh, this morning, no, 5:40 a.m. Bad. I, I should
3: have. Out. I was up. I should have watched it, honestly. I feel bad.
0: I'll see the notes. I, I knew
3: Coqzilla was out. That's why part of the reason I didn't watch. Okay.
0: Fair enough. So they all, It was a low-scoring game by Aussie rules football standards. Okay, low-scoring game. The over-under was 120-something. It ended up as a 36-36 draw. They didn't even attempt to find out a winner, by the way, after regulation, which I very much am struggling to get over because I do love the sport in the league so much. But for the casual fan the person who hasn't seen thousands of games or whatever the hell somebody has seen over there who's a little bit jaded possibly i thought it was a great fucking game and they said this is the worst game they've ever had basically low scoring game since 1999 coming out of a quarantine guys are a little bit rusty and i was thoroughly entertained in the last five minutes there was real like uh you know how you get like a real feeling maybe towards the last five minutes of a big nfl game you're watching like you don't even like you're like this is you know, there's like a little intensity you feel. I felt that for mm-hmm. like the last five, six minutes of that game this morning, and I did not expect to
3: get that way. I lo- I think you'll love it. I think you would actually enjoy it. I will. I, I think I will too. But do you- is this something you think you-, you will sustain, like your passion for the AFL? Will- once other sports start coming on board, will you continue to be all all in? It's difficult to watch, you know, but it's perfect because there's nothing
0: else on when it's on. What do you I- mean
3: difficult to watch?
0: It's at 5.40 a.m. was a game. There's 11 p.m. tomorrow's a game, so I'm pumped for that. What's that? DVR these games. I'm not a big DVR guy. I don't do it. If I don't see it, I'll catch the clips or or hear the synopsis.
3: You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah, I get it. It's hard with social media, too, and I know you... Are on there a lot? Everyone already probably gives you all the info. So I wake.
0: I think I will actually wake up with the AFL when it's on in the morning. I think I will because it is a very cool game. There's a guy actually playing for the um, Collingwood squad. Nah, maybe Richmond. He's the only other guy I've seen a jawline like you, and he was oh. running around on the field out there with his hair and things <laughs> of that nature. Oh, it, was it, was, it was a ma- It was an AJ Hawk jawline. I actually said. And that might be AJ Hawk's jaw running around in Australia. He flicked
5: the camera off. It was like, "That is AJ."
0: It, it was unbelievable. So I just assume that guy never gets a concussion. Mm-hmm. Probably, ladies probably love him over there. If I had to guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he hates when people break news in his face. Oh, I wonder
3: if he talks. That's me that broke the news. I'm still. That's part of the reason why I'm I'm kind of off balance here because I'm still reacting to the huge news. That was dropped at the beginning of this episode.
0: Everybody knows July 28th. Now you know. July 28th, all veterans will be reporting (laughs) for NFL training camps unless their teams are playing in the Hall of Fame game, which would be the Steelers and the Cowboys. All other veterans reporting to training camp same day, July 28th. The NFL will officially be started with their shit Three days before the NBA tournament kicks off. Good for the NFL being able to make something happen and fording the river with their schedule. That breaking news comes to you live from
3: this show right here today, this just a little bit ago. Hey, do you think our commissioner is gonna be upset that you broke this news and you didn't allow him to break it through the proper channels? Eh, be happy. Potentially. Dana White really. got, you know, Dana White got really pissed at Ariel Hawani for breaking news about Brock Lesnar, I don't know how many years ago, and Dana's hated Ariel ever since.
4: Raj always puts his ego aside, though, because that's why we have Shafter and everyone else. They're always breaking the news beforehand. <laughs> this is this is not Raj. Raj doesn't care to break the news, okay? As long as the news gets out there and it's correct, Raj doesn't care. That's our
0: commissioner. Dana,
4: on the other hand, needs a spotlight, you know, how he is and stuff. But no, 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 no. Oh. excuse me.
0: That, the, the, the opinions of Diggs do not reflect that of his employer or his peers.
3: What did he say? It cut off.
0: Well, he's about to bury Dana White. I no, I, I, t- I loved everything you said about no. our commissioner Roger Goodell. All those things that were very comical and things of that nature. But when you start going after Dana White, don't do that. He's about to beat the fuck out of Lebowski. We're not next.
4: All I said was that Dana likes spotlight. That's all I said.
3: No, he doesn't. Dana, I, Dana oh. just does he put likes does put the to middle of way? Be in and control. Stuff. He likes to. He likes. He doesn't want other people putting out like half truth because he Bingo. knows the truth. You okay. Hear
4: that? Yeah, that makes sense. That's what you I Hear basically. that tone? Yeah, I yeah. said it. Watch your tone next time. Remember Dana,
0: when Tone went after he NASA? Get him on the show. <laughs> you remember when Tone <laughs> went after oh, the right? astronauts?
4: SpaceX. Terrible. No, we don't forget
0: Tone. Man. Tone. That's the same guy. So Dana, if you went after the astronauts, digs for what? Oh yeah, he hates oh. Dana
4: White. He hates the astronauts. Oh. They couldn't fly into space because of a little bit of rain, but then they redeemed themselves, and I'm back on their side. No, oh. uh-huh.
0: he was. Uh, once you once you turn on American. T- space people? I turned on
4: South Africa and uh, Mr. Elon Musk, who runs SpaceX, oh, not NASA. I would never turn on this country. Cape Town? Anyways,
0: that's
3: unbelievable.
4: What's up, Brew? There is a chance. <laughs> for a space station in your country. Come to in mine.
0: Oh, Wait,
3: little. is that Elon Musk? No, right. Oh, dude, his South African <laughs> accent.
4: This is, so, is so, Elon? Some, a little bit humidity. Can't send it up in space today.
0: Hey, do a southern accent now.
4: Southern US? Yeah, yeah. Sup, Brew? It's a shame he
3: only he only has one accent. He, he only has, has one. Okay, do a do a Southern Australian.
4: Sup, <gasps> bro. Lots of spiders and stuff around here. <laughs> yeah.
3: Perfect.
0: That's the guy that just went after Dana White. I hope Dana White understands that. We do not want to fight him. Uh, we are on his side. We are a fan of his. I'm not sure how we got to Dana White or talking. Oh, Roger Goodell. I don't think he'll be mad at me for breaking the news. I think he knows this show is a... Uh,
3: ESPN j- might. Your boy Schefter might be mad. Your other employer. They might hey, be upset. Hey, charge it to the game, bro. That's business, baby. <laughs> uh,
0: charge it. That is business, baby. Yep. I am not currently an employee by ESPN. This could change that. Am I a free agent in the T V world right now? Ooh. Do I wanna do television? <laughs> hmm. Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> not. YouTube's so much better. This is so much better than that. It. it really it, is.
3: It is television.
0: Kind of. A lot of people, I guess, put us on their television. I saw a guy the other day who had his baby watching us, I think, in New Zealand on his television. I want to shout out New Zealand. Jermaine, Britt, they're my favorite people on Earth. Oh, really? Flay the Concords, great band.
3: I love New Zealand. Not. I had not- a guy this morning, Pat, uh, ran into a guy, and he's like, hey, I've got to ask you something. I was like, yeah, what's that? He said, is Pat McAfee the funniest guy there is? And I was like, yeah, he is. Pat's a very funny. He's a great dude.
0: Breaking news! <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking uh this is just so much better it really is now granted the platform on those networks are so
3: big just inherently a lot of humans watching that and they it's do the default it's a, people wake up in the morning if you're in an airport what's the default turn the tvs on espn and fox and all that
0: yeah which by the way and there's a lot of very good talented people in that business in that world but man once you do this and you have a little bit of success doing it and you can make a living with your friends doing it, it's really hard to be like, you know what, I wanna fucking stop doing this, I wanna go do something where I'm not allowed to speak really and there's like a certain way of doing things. And all that stuff. I mean, it's just, I don't know, tomato, tomato, I guess. I I enjoyed my time on the television, but this is just so much better at all times. It's just such an interesting world. It's a great
3: time. We're lucky, I think, to be the age we are coming up in this time to where we're watching the transition from. It's not transition, but we're watching all these new platforms that have come about over the years and that are going to come out in the future. And so there's so many different opportunities and you can kind of. I guess fit in where you feel the most comfortable, or where you think is the most fun.
0: Everybody can make money now if they they can talk and do a good story, their own platforms and things of that nature. The interesting thing here is AJ, <laughs> you can't do the TikTok, can't do the no, TikTok, no, no, no. Right,
3: no, can't do the TikTok. They, why? They, because of they're spying on you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why. Deep all those people, everybody, everybody is spying on you. They know you, the Pat.
5: name of all those books behind. They're you. not spying
0: on me, bub. You see all these cameras on me every single day. About ten of them. Oh yeah. Ain't nobody looking through them except for the people that are supposed to be looking through. Mm-hmm. Yep, smart. Yep. Always spying yeah. on me, bub. I
3: guess you might be right. Hey, hey, do you know why today, for any reason, you've said in things of that nature maybe seven or eight times already?
0: <sighs> we actually had this.
3: We actually had this conversation right before we went on the air. Really? Yeah. It was is that I, is that something you've grabbed off the shelves and you just you can't get it off out of your head, back on the shelves. There's
0: some words I get stuck on and then but I talk so often, three and a half hours a day if you get stuck on it in, in the regular world, you're talking to somebody probably once, maybe a day or something like that, or maybe a week, I'm talking, so it doesn't really catch on as much. Now that every word that I say is basically documented, whenever I start getting into a repetitive fashion with one, it, it, doesn't, it annoys me, I get sick of saying it because I'm talking so much. So what happens is it kind of gets stuck in a repertoire until I figure out a way to replace it. And sometimes that can take a little bit. And sometimes that can take a little
3: bit. I get it. I'm not, I wasn't annoyed by it by any means. I just felt like I I wanted to address it, you know, when when things of that nature that come up. (laughs) Well, my favorite is there's a Twitter account. That's uh, the Bengals don't have an indoor training
0: facility. Yeah. Do not let this distract you from the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals (laughs) do not have an indoor training facility. It's 2020. (laughs) They should. I got off of that a little bit, but just wait. If Joe Burrow, doesn't play his best football late in the season because he can't practice fucking outside or inside. I will have some questions for <laughs> ownership. Um, I want to tell you about a pair of shorts that have come into my life and given my thighs, ass, hips, grundle, you name it, a hug that it has never felt before. I'm talking about the most comfortable shorts to ever exist. I'm talking about pants that move with you. Not against you. I'm talking about a company where right now, if you buy something from their website, you get a free pair of nunchucks. What? Come on. Nunchucks. What? Wow. Nunchucks. What? What? Great shorts. What? What? Great pants. What? Nunchucks. What? What? More nunchucks. What? More nunchucks. What? More nunchucks. What? More nunchucks. nunchucks.
1: And that's the bottom line.
0: Good thing I had this brand new hat on that you can find at (laughs) store.patmacforshield.com. Be watching. Bird dogs are the greatest shorts to ever exist because they have the underwear already attached. And we're not talking about the old school bathing suit, weird net that puts your nuts in a chokehold. I'm talking about comfortable underwear that really make your thighs feel good. And these shorts, they're just like, I don't want to say they're like, yeah, they are. They're like, male yoga pants, where they they yep. look professional. You can wear them in the pool, you can wear them for a workout, you can wear them to a business meeting, you can wear them around time. The bird dog shorts are all terrain, all scene, all environment shorts that are more comfortable than any other pair of shorts that you've ever put on, and their pants are also incredible. Go to birddogs.com and enter the promo code SPORTS TALK, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yes, nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code SPORTS TALK, and boom, a free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. I have a khaki pair. A khaki color pair Ooh. now makes you feel like a businessman now wearing right into a workout it's good they're good
3: they're very 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 good are you still uh, hot and heavy on your workouts in the, the stair climber yeah i did 100 floors yesterday what Jeez. how long does that take so
0: i set a 25 minute time thing on one and i did 84 floors when the time was up because of the thing and i tried to up it i didn't know the math because it tells you how many floors per minute but then that'll change whenever it goes down because you do. I do like a uh, a program where it goes up and down, so the the floors per minute will change with each section you go to. So it said like five or four point seven uh, floors per minute. I was like, okay, twenty five minutes here, I'll do a hundred floors. But it drops down to three point something floors per minute whenever it goes down. Then it's back up to like five something. So I had to do two different sets. It took me thirty five minutes to get 100 floors and I'll tell you what I was dying full sweat then I got a little bit of an arm workout in chest workout did the back and then I went and vomited in the bathroom did you
3: really vomit yeah it was hot it's been like <laughs> a sauna out here it's been tough to breathe mm-hmm. and I've been oh, it's trying to crazy humid on I feel like everyone in the Midwest right now it's super humid I go outside I just sweat all day I I've been stop. trying
0: to go as hard as possible too because I'd rather get in shape quicker than slower and I was just assumed if I go as hard as I possibly can, results will happen faster. But it's been a bit miserable. This is definitely the longest I've been motivated to do this though in the last three years, which feels pretty good.
3: You look great. I think you're looking good. How much you
0: weigh? I, I'm not doing a scale.
3: Take that. It's not about weight, What is just how you feel?
0: Feel and look. I started at 260, so once I get to a point, I'll get on a scale I feel like at some point to see where I'm at. But I'm not letting the number on the scale dictate my effort or happiness with my success level to my commitment to my health and my fitness. You
3: know what I mean? Good for you. taking ownership of your life and your health. I'm I'm impressed. AJ, you're a guy who's super healthy. It's very- I don't know.
0: You work out every morning, right?
3: Sure, I mean, I'm I'm sure someone would say, oh, you smoke cigars the whole time during the show.
0: Yeah, Michael Jordan does as well. Yeah. I think if he anything,
4: cigars are healthy, you don't inhale.
0: Yeah, it feels like cigars are something that almost say, like, this person is so committed to their fitness that even when they want to get a little bit of a buzz, they won't allow the smoke to touch their lungs. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure. <laughs> Maybe, but okay, you say, like, I'm super in, I enjoy working out, like by myself, I don't want to go join a workout group. I don't want to, like, but, I think physically, obviously, you want to feel as good as you possibly can. Therefore, you you want to work out. But just in my brain, it also helps me mentally. Like, I absolutely don't feel right if I don't work out in the morning.
0: See, that's a feeling that not everybody has. I wish I had it. I can go about my day, not work out, eat like shit, fall asleep, wake up the next day. I guess I got to take a shit. Something happened and I'm off and running again and I can just keep it going. Let's do that thing again. And then you get into a routine of doing that and all of a sudden you're out. So it is, I'm going to say this with a very straight face. Not becoming a fat ass is a problem for me. It is a real, and I think it's going to inevitably happen. But it is not easy. I like food so much. Love I don't. Food. I don't have like the. You know what? I I, I want to go because I did at one point want to kill myself in the in the weight room and stuff like that. At one point, I was going as hard as I could for a lot of part of my life there. Now I'm like, I don't want to kill myself in there. But I'm back into it. Thank God. And if hopefully, you, I'm not a fat ass.
3: If the goal is to not be fat, then all you gotta do is do some cardio on that stair stepper, and then do some cardio. like band work on your buys and tries or something. To try to look good. Well, it's a lot of what I'm doing right now. But the cardio thing, not... It's, it's the, hard. Card, mm-hmm. Growing part. up, we're told
0: to do cardio is a punishment. Like, mm-hmm. go run. You're late, go run. Mm-hmm. You messed up, go run. And I think every sport, basically, it's like, except for cross country, where it's like, hey, go run. But everywhere <laughs> else, there's like, running is a punishment. And I think it kind of, for me, it just got to... I have an idea. Yeah.
5: Food weights.
0: Smart. Like a double quarter pounder.
5: Yes, just a couple biceps real quick and then just eat it
0: so then you not only are eating good you're also lifting good
5: exactly that's what i'm
0: talking about have to be bigger than a quarter pounder yeah you're gonna need one of them like five pound I'm steaks i'm gonna
5: go uh what was that burger place that had the three pounder uh fuddruckers i'm gonna go to Ruckers, take the three pounder and i'll be lifting that
0: you could eat a three pound burger yeah probably not uh.
5: it matters what situation i'm in aj you eat healthy if i'm sad
0: yeah, I think so.
3: <laughs> Ever have pizza? Love pizza. I love it. So you eat pizza and you still are able to stay in shape the way you do? Yeah, I mean, I don't have like official cheat days or whatever, but yeah, I'd say you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks, we'll order pizza and I love it. I could, I could once probably a eat a whole, I can eat a large cheese pizza by myself. Oh likely. yeah, easily. <laughs> so I can have a once a week pizza? Yeah, watch The Rock. Haven't you seen The Rock's crazy like cheat meals I, that he posts?
0: <laughs> Come on. I love The Rock just as much as the next guy, but that all feels like a bunch of bullshit
3: to me. Oh, does it? His cheat meals. Oh, does it? No, no, no. I think he workouts eats. and stuff are real. I mean, he could, I, and he rightfully should be taking everything possible. I mean, he looks great, and he works out super hard. Bingo. But the forty-five
0: pancakes, like, and then washing it down with two full trays of sushi. <laughs> I mean, I, if he does that, I. He's the rock, he probably does. But I under, I just don't know the extent these cheat days are allowed to be, because the rock puts out that shit where he has like six cookies and yep. and I'm like, is that what a cheat day is supposed to be? And then I think to myself, if that what my cheat day is, there's no way I'm stopping. Like That's there's the no problem way. He's letting
3: what? that seep in to other mm-hmm. ones. And then or the night before, okay, like, hey, it's almost midnight. My cheat day can start right now and you're hammered on Friday night or something. it's it's, it's my cheat day, right? I'm out late. And then you start eating terrible then it, it follows, flows into the next day on Saturday, then Sunday you wake up, you're probably hung over, you eat terrible again. It's easy to keep that cycle going. Well, and then I guess alcohol stalls
0: the digestive or something like that in your body. So all, all the people that get like ridiculously hammered and eat food, you're literally like doing a two-piece on your body because I guess like it can't digest the food because the alcohol does shrink something, some sort of bullshit. Somebody didn't tell me that until about six years into my <laughs> bender life. I was like, I can't find a st- my stomach. I just keep getting so fat. Like, uh, do you eat terribly whenever you're drunk? Well, yeah, of course. And when I'm sober, but yeah, when I'm drunk for sure, they're like, well, that's probably hurting you a bit. Well, So once I stopped drinking for real, I think I did start feeling a lot better though. I think that is something. The guys in the office though said they stopped drinking for like a month and they didn't feel as much of a change. For me, once I stopped drinking, my, my body felt a lot, lot better. Now it's time to take it to the next, stop, or start, or next step. Eat healthy, work out a little bit, try to live a little bit longer.
3: You know, it's a you big can, thing. Like that's the thing though. You can eat healthy without being the complete douche That can't go anywhere without carrying his own little lunch bag and have all your own food and your jugs of water. Like, you can still eat very healthy and not like and still live a normal life. Some people feel like you have this is my life now. Like, I am. Because don't you run across those people where you're like, hey, I respect you, man. You're good. You're super vascular. You're super lean. You look great. Would never want your life because it looks awful and it sounds terrible. (laughs) The meal prep, I can't
0: do it. Diggs has been doing a lot of meal prep, and I'm very mm-hmm. impressed by it. That's why Diggs looks the way he does. My boy, Tone. Diggs will cook himself like seven meals on Sunday night and then put them in little boxes and put them in his fridge. And that's what people do that get in things. I've never been able to do such a thing
3: ever. I have no idea how. It's an easy way to do it. So when you are hungry, you don't sit there and go for something terrible because you already have this pre made chicken breast or something sitting waiting I, for you. I would eat two days worth of food though whenever oh,
0: if yeah. i got into a moment and then that we'd... tends to happen on i'm surprised Thursday. pat
3: you're not doing uh you're not doing intermittent fasting i'm surprised you haven't jumped on that one
0: um i mean kinda i guess i'm kind of doing it i'm only eating when i'm here and then i have like an early dinner so i'm i guess you could say i'm like 177 i'm i'm on and off it's good but late night every once in a while i have a peanut butter uh low-carb tortilla thing, and I just put it down. It's so good.
3: It Wait, is. what do you mean? You put peanut butter on a tortilla and roll it up?
0: Yeah. It, well, it's I put so much peanut butter on you can only really fold it in half. You know what I mean? But you, there's this low-carb uh, tortilla thing. I forget the name of it. Oh, I it, need it. It is so good. It'll, only three net carbs or whatever, right? So I'll put it on a pan, and I'll kind of toast it on both sides. Then I pull it off, put the peanut butter on there, then I fold it in half. Peanut butter starts melting off of it. It's like five net carbs with the amount of peanut butter, or maybe seven because you're putting two doses worth on. I mean, it's a great meal. That's the only time I'll ever eat off of the
3: uh, intermittent thing. But Terry Crews says that's all he does is intermittent fasting. That's all he does. A lot he says. of people, a lot of people do that now, and they love it. I don't. I haven't tried it. I don't. I eat, see. I eat late at night. Like I eat in bed every night. I, I'm always hungry late. I'm not hungry at normal times. Wow. I feel like you eat wings in your bed. No, but I eat like no, bars. Yeah. I eat all kind of would. stuff.
4: What's the difference?
0: Same guy that went after Dana White earlier, by the way. Loves- <laughs> what I I, what?
4: I enjoyed it. it have a few wingies in bed.
3: Like, are these like smothered in barbecue sauce or?
4: Nah, I'm normally like a uh, dry seasoning guy, and no. then you have your your ranch and your hot sauce dip that you do both in. Yeah, and then you wipe your hands on the sheets. I don't do that. <laughs> dip it.
3: I well, do you. Do you live with your fiance yet?
4: Uh, it has stopped since then. <laughs> I, I can't confirm I have not eaten in bed as
3: much. I mean, guys can guys like to complain about the old ball and chain that drags them down, doesn't let them do the things that they used to do. But that is something 100% I'm on board with your fiance for shutting you down, for, for <laughs> dipping <laughs> wings in bed. Like the fact that you're eating wings in bed, if they were dry wings and you weren't dipping them, it could happen. But the, you have two different dipping sauces right in the bed. <laughs>
4: Hey AJ, it's like if you practice something long enough. Say you practice it for 10,000 hours, which I have. You perfect it, and it's just fine.
3: <laughs> I don't I don't buy that. I bet there's little remnants of oh,
1: ranch oh yeah. and barbecue I'm and whatever. Sure. Oh I'm sure yeah.
3: there
4: is, but oh, you can't dude, see there's it. There's little
0: ligaments from the bones oh. breaking oh. Well. in the bed. Yeah, you bed. find
4: those later at night because you roll it, and it's like stuck to your back.
0: You're like, oh, it's
4: pretty good still. Oh.
0: That crumb on the oh. bed, though, is the worst. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the worst. Just a little crumb. If it's from like a... Anything that's a little bit of a uh, crunchy, that thing will stab you too. I mean, out of nowhere, just fucking stab you.
3: It makes no sense to me. Yeah, AJ, I mean the you hardest thing, milk? though. I'm sure anyone knows that if you have to weigh in the next day and say you wanted to be light, the toughest thing, not eating is that's that's somewhat easy. Not drinking water when you're very thirsty is brutal. I think I'm sure you had a few of those.
0: No, I would I would sweat it out, but I you obviously can't drink either, so I. Those Wednesday nights for the Thursday morning weigh-ins. There's been some horror stories that people will never talk about. Also, they can save themselves ten thousand bucks or seven thousand bucks, depending on how heavy they are. Thousand bucks a pound. Don't come in overweight. See you Thursday morning. <laughs> Well, there's going to be guys that are going to be shitting their pants all night then cuz they're going to drink that uh what's that stuff mineral uh, uh
4: magnesium citrate? Magnesium
0: no, citrate no. that you're supposed okay. to take be- before a colonoscopy or something like that. You, you, everybody's job. drinking that before. Jake Owen just showed up on television introducing somebody. Seems to be they're introducing doing some him. Twitter
3: thing. Do you see that pat? They're doing some Twitter thing where I guess on Twitter right now some different Aaron did it. People no, they I saw the intros but now there's like almost like a watch-along on Twitter with five or six different people. Really? Where they're tweeting though, they're not video, but they're gonna, I don't know, I think you may have retweeted the thing I saw. No. <laughs> Me? Maybe Danny Cannell, cause Danny's part of it.
0: Yeah, uh, Danny Cannell bashed uh, kickers and punters the other day. Oh no. That's what I'm saying. I
3: what? worked some games with Danny a couple years ago, he's a nice guy.
0: Anybody that played in the NFL, by the way, I think you, could, you have all the right in the world to bash kickers and punters for whatever you want, whatever slander you'd like to say. But if you're somebody that wasn't in the NFL, I think it's very hard for you to have a good opinion about how athletic a kicker or punter is, because said kicker or punter that you're referencing, all 32 of them in the NFL right now, are more athletic than you fucking are. That is just a factual statement. Darius
5: Rucker did one of them.
0: Oh, what's that? The
5: live thing he was talking about.
0: Yeah, what is it?
5: They just... It's like uh, Dude Perfect is doing it right now.
0: Dude. Ooh, turn it on. The PGA Tour is back on the tee, and I'm excited to be doing live commentary at 1 p.m. Eastern with Golden Tate.
5: Yeah, Whoa. Golden Tate's on this I'm one right now, too. Out there probably next week or two. Spend the whole season. The rest of the
2: offseason oh, there. Okay. You know, get a workout plan. Workout in the nice. morning. Get on the course in the evening. I mean,
0: my, my kids to be out there. I'm going to teach my kids to fish. Yeah. What the fuck is this? I mean, that's not...
4: That's not, that's not golf, baby. It's not. Is it on the live?
0: No, there's a Twitter broadcast, oh, which yeah. is just a podcast while it's being aired. Yeah. It seems like, like Darius it. Rucker and Golden Tate were having a podcast conversation there. And on TV, it's regular commentary. I like it. I think it's a smart idea to have a Twitter broadcast and a TV broadcast. I'm not 100% sure what we just heard was the highlight of the whole thing. But <laughs> I, I think that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's a great
3: idea. I mean, I, I would imagine, though, if you played different clips of our four-hour and 50 minute draft show. There's plenty of times where people are like, "I don't know if that's the most entertaining uh, thing there is."
0: Yeah, well, that. but the NFL also wasn't putting us out
3: there. We were putting ourselves out there.
0: The PJ is putting this out there.
3: Great point. Yeah, I guess you got to give the PGA credit for trying. I, for just you got to throw everything out there. I feel like and see what works.
0: I agree, especially cuz the USGA tried to take me off the internet last mm-hmm. year because I made a clip that was in a fair use situation where I could have took my, you know, lawyers and went to the USGA headquarters and really bitch up a storm for trying to ruin our business and my family's business and my friend's family's business and everything of that but golf was i think a little bit harder on clips and things that nature on the internet the fact that they're doing this hopefully they're embracing a whole new generation i I think this is i think this is very good what's another sport that's very baseball isn't baseball just miserable on clips and things of that nature yes they've been doing the whole
4: anyone
0: out oh so the clip that i put out is probably going to get the one that Foxy put together, or the fake home run that I hit—that one's probably going to get taken down. Mm, I no, because
4: there was words over top of it. MLB mm.
0: strict. All right, AJ. Anything else you want to talk about, Bub? Fight Island. I guess is going to have good fights. I was wrong yesterday.
3: Yeah, will. So how are they? How are they getting them there? That's a long flight. Dana's going to fly them all private, or is he going to charter jets? And how's SpaceX. it work? Probably charter
0: jets, just like the NFL does, and things of that nature.
3: So will all of the fighters that are fighting on that card be on the same jet? They're going to have to meet up somewhere, like in Vegas, and then go from there? So then they'll all have to get tested
0: before they get on the plane, I assume, because you're all breathing the same air there. I don't, I don't understand how flying's happening, by the way. Flying's happening. They're like, well, you got to wear a mask when you're in the sky, but some air is going to leak out, right, naturally because I'm breathing. Then that air that is just going to get put up in the vent and just showered down on everybody else? Mm-hmm. How's that happen?
3: Does I mean, why are... Yeah, I mean, there's a million questions like that going on right now. I talked to Dr. Myron Roll this morning. He's a very well-spoken dude. He is impressive. Could you imagine going to
0: college, playing football, and going to pre-med and then med school and things of that nature?
3: I cannot. Things of that (laughs) nature just blow my mind.
0: (laughs) Things of that nature are really something that I never knew was possible. I never knew it was possible for a guy to be able to – Lift and meet and things of that nature in the football world. And then also on the side, you know, uh, do like a, uh, a study of a brain on an actual dead person while you're in school and things of that nature. So the fact that he was able to tie those together makes him, I believe one of one. I don't think there's going to be another Dr. Myron role. And when he comes on the show, he's saying we're on the other side of this thing. We got to continue to be smart, but he, it felt very optimistic with that combo with him mm-hmm. about the, the coronavirus because we know what that hell we're looking at now, but he he's good. I told him he should run for president. I told him he should run for president. Cause there's no other
3: Dr. Myron roles from the Bahamas. Yeah. I mean, well, is he – can he – was he born in the Bahamas? Great question. Mm. Family was when I looked earlier. Great question. Because that's one of the rules, right? Yeah, because, like, Arnold can't run for president.
5: Correct. Also, uh, he's born
0: Houston, Texas.
3: Let's go. Oh, he's good. Nice. Okay, here we go. About 10 years. 10 years needs to make a run.
0: He's 33 now. Ricky Fowler has eight. Oh
3: hellacious
0: stash <laughs> you
1: don't i don't mean, like
0: it what's that ricky's wearing a mic he is he was the only one that said yes justin thomas said no and i said that if this was a few weeks ago before jt was on the mic for that challenge i would have probably buried him for it but now that we're on his side because he showcased an incredible personality as opposed to the guy that kicked somebody out of a golf tournament for heckling him a little bit he's 100 right
3: nobody likes being mic'd up nobody likes being mic'd up at all never good especially if it's golfing you like you're, you're gonna be mic'd up for five straight hours and you have to be like all right i'm trying to survive and keep my job here and win a golf tournament like this is my whole life now every single thing i say i gotta worry about possibly them picking up and putting on the air you gotta have a lot of trust i guess in the producers that they're not gonna make you look bad yeah because if you if you have a sam darnold i seeing ghost situation boom ruined forever for that a lot of people you know people thought espn like did him dirty did you do you think they did when they put that out or nfl films whatever it was i think i mean i think so
0: don't you i think the nfl films even think so too like i I think yeah if he was he was an older vet they
3: they wouldn't have done that to him
0: the nfl films by the way first class operation i'm saying this in absolute seriousness they're the 33rd owner in the nfl the nfl films productions next level what steve Sable put together incredible but i think they felt very terrible about the, that going out because of how nfl films you know the 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 respect that they have i think for the broadcast of the game is a massive ordeal and it's one of the main reasons why the nfl has had so much success but when that sam Darnold thing happened the nfl films came out with a very strong statement about we have no idea how this happened we are very sorry and i think they fired the person that was in charge of putting it out there so i think they did them dirty i think so don't you
3: yeah a little bit i, I just don't know whoever whoever made the decision to put that out if they thought they probably thought there's no idea it's going to get as much pub as it did and carry on as long as it has. I think that's why you need people that know the game and things of that nature making those
0: decisions, right? Think about the... No, they had to know that that was going to make him look terrible. They had to. I guess, yeah. You know? And there's probably those moments that you can clip out of everybody's game. I would assume there's moments where somebody's questioning something that happened. Like, man, I thought whenever they were fucking... I thought in this like in some either a coach or a teammates like no you gotta like that happens to everybody if they were just to pull those if everybody you could do whatever you want to anybody i mean sam Darnold's is gonna have to answer to that seeing ghosts thing probably for the next couple of years If I it'll disappear at some point but i think that's gonna be something that gets mentioned before again
3: oh he's gotta as long as he plays well It'll, it'll start to die down. But if he doesn't play well, it'll continue to live. You know so, that? There'll be Steins every every away team, every away game he has, like everything. Sam seeing ghosts again. <laughs> Captain. Like, all he was saying was, hey, man, like, hey, I'm having a rough day. This is a tough one today. Like, that's all he was saying. All he was saying was, no, you might know, you know
0: more than I do. I think he thought he was seeing a particular coverage that didn't turn out to be the particular coverage that he thought it was going to be, right? He thought he was seeing things that he, he was not seeing, and that's why you say, I'm seeing ghosts. Is that what you think he meant there?
3: Yeah, I think maybe he saw some unscouted looks that they weren't prepared for. Like, that, like you go in with your whole plan, okay, this is what they like to do on third and short, this is what they like to do on first down, all these things, and then all of a sudden he gets in the game and things are happening a little quicker than he thought. They're not disguised in coverages like they were the week before that, like all these things, and he's like, yeah, all right, wait. They got me shook here for a moment. I got to find a way to get my footing back.
0: I mean, I had mono, but that was nothing compared to these fucking ghosts. Dude. <laughs> Does Brooks? Yeah, I don't. I don't
3: know why it shouldn't be that like such a huge deal. Brooks
0: Kepka up to the tee box here, par five, five sixty-eight, hole one with a great mustache. The former hockey player hits it a quarter fucking mile, and he and the mustache <laughs> like that one.
3: I'm glad golf is back. I'm glad yeah. there's something. They got all Rafa Nadal now is talking on the It TV. rolls right by
0: Rory McIlroy's ball to be right in the center of the fairway. Congrats. Holy shit. That doesn't look like Rafa That's not Rafa Nadal. <laughs> yeah, it was.
4: Well, you only know him with his headband.
3: It's a good idea by the PGA to try to bring everybody into this thing. Just to talk about it? And, like, what? They, they probably reached out and asked a bunch of different athletes to to send like little selfie videos introducing players is that yeah, what they're doing i think it's a good
0: idea they got aaron obviously the intro max Homa and things i think this is a good idea by golf
3: it's a good idea yeah it went well with the match too with having kapka call in and all those guys who were just watching at home like, yeah, that's good for golf that's I'm- what well you're saying it's good for golf because you're envisioning yourself getting an email hey pat you mind putting yourself on camera here for a little bit to introduce tiger woods
0: Excuse me, I'm going to get better at golf and you'll see me fucking playing an attorney, okay? I'm not (laughs) introing anybody.
3: So you're going, okay, let me get this straight. You're getting, you got a busy fall. You're playing Major League Baseball. No, no, no. Excuse me. Golf.
0: Ooh. 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 JT didn't want to be mic'd, but almost hold one out from about 150. Sorry?
3: No, (laughs) I mean, you're saying you're playing Major League Baseball as a scab. Now you're going to be winning a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm -hmm. Bingo. Next to LeBron James. And now. Something I didn't know, you're going to be on the PGA Tour.
0: No, no, that's 10, 20 years down the line. i got nothing but time with golf. You can play until you're 90. Yep.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of, like, 60-year-olds on the PGA Tour really winning a bunch of tournaments.
0: Freddy couples, boom, boom couples. And think about how many swings they I don't have anyone near... See, I can do what Jordan Speed just did. Yeah, I mean, he's... he just chipped one uh, about a foot and a half in front of him there. I, I don't have as many swings on my body.
3: I'm still fresh. The
0: body's still fresh.
3: You think your body is fresher than these golfers that didn't grow up... <laughs> Blasting themselves against other humans?
0: <laughs> well, that is a valid point that I did not consider. Jordan Spieth, for par after duffing a flop shot. Still repre- representing Under Armour. Not as much hype around Jordan anymore.
3: Under Armour needs to build up his brand because Jordan was the monster for a couple of years. I and mean, he'll get back to the, that form, yeah. but I feel like they haven't done enough to promote him in his shoes and his clothing. His
0: shoes and his clothing kind of stink, that's why. And I think that's why nobody's really promoting it. But Under Armour has made leaps and bonds from the terrible designs that they've had into the next generation. But everybody says Jordan Spieth, he was the next one. Remember, Jordan was the next one there for a little bit. We got this kid from Texas, his math teachers, his caddy. He's the guy, he's an American, he's good, he makes things exciting again. And then he kind of just fell off. The first time you get successful is difficult. I honestly believe that. That is something I said that earlier, and I, I think it's true. I think the first time you're successful can be a little bit difficult for people to handle. Jordan Spieth got very successful very quickly. Will he be able to get back to that? That is the question,
3: AJ. I think he'll get back to it, but it's, think about it in golf too. This dude was playing PGA tournaments when he was in high school. He would play. They would let it give him an exemption to the the tournament in Dallas where he's he's got his high school buddies cheering him on. And he's playing well, so he was so good so young and base or in golf is such a weird sport where one day you can shoot 80 next day you shoot 62 can you imagine when you're all of a sudden you're not playing well for a full season or two like he's been doing and trying to figure out his swing like that would be brutal what, such 20, a
0: mental game
4: at 21 or 22 in 2015, he won the Masters, and then he won the U.S. Open and came in second at the PGA. Like mm-hmm. he, was, he was on top of the world then, and then lately he fell off for whatever reason maybe.
0: We're not turning this into a, a Jordan Spieth hate fest, but if you're got a little bit better decorated design stuff, more people would wear it. But our guy Justin Thomas just got a birdie. He's playing good golf. Americans round up four of the top, you do the math, eight spots. Mm-hmm. Justin Rose didn't know he was from another country. He's playing great golf. <laughs>
3: You didn't know? You didn't know that? He's from no, Europe? I had no
0: idea. He is. He's from uh, that one. He won, the gold medal, I think. Yeah, he won the gold medal.
1: <laughs>
0: he
3: won the gold medal? Yeah. yeah. For us?
1: No. no, no, no. England.
3: England. He's not from America, Pat.
0: I didn't know if you wanted to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> Dual citizenship. I'll go off over here with the, for the American squad.
3: Kuchar, didn't Kucher win the bronze for the Americans? Ye- mm,
0: yes. yes.
3: Matt? Who my guy the, Matt? Who won the silver?
0: I'm on it. Mm. Tiger, probably. He wasn't there. When did golf get out of the Olympic Games? Recently, right? Within oh, the last couple Olympics?
3: Yeah, the last Olympics.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Didn't some golfers not go? Was it in Brazil? Was that right? Yeah. Yep.
0: yeah, Because of uh, Zika. Oh, I remember Zika. There always seems to be something huh, around these Olympics. Mm. Yeah. Interesting.
4: Henrik Stenson
0: won the uh, I silver. I thought so. Oh, yeah. He was hot then.
3: Would you rather win a gold medal in golf, Pat, or the Masters?
0: How much money does the Masters give you?
3: Over a mill, just in winnings, and then it will greatly boost everything else in your your golf life with it comes to endorsements and everything, all, all of it. If I win a gold medal,
0: I have the ability to win the masters as well. Give me the American uh, gold medal that'll hopefully get some sponsorships off of that'll make some money, and then I'll go into masters next.
3: Okay. what about you? I'll take the masters.
0: the jacket over the medal. Wow.
3: I don't care about the trophies. that doesn't mean anything, but I, I want to win the masters first. And then go get my gold medal. You don't wanna be I wanna put my gold medal on while I'm wearing my master's green jacket. Oh, okay. By, by the way, fair. Very fair.
0: See for me I have my Olympic gold medal on while I'm winning the Masters, you
3: see? Mm. So that's a little sweet. Be... I'm wrong. I actually I changed my opinion. I wanna do what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Could you I watch? want to be
3: swinging and watch that thing just hit me in the head like the nunchucks do. When your chest they would have to around. tape that
0: thing into my body like they did with Phelps when he did that photo shoot when he had forty-five gold medals taped to his chest or whatever. That's what it would just be. Maybe every polo from whatever company I make, the design is just like a gold medal that is on the polo. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. So it's not swinging around everywhere. That's a good idea. John Rom. Don't know where he's from. He was Spain. in the. He was in sand, just uh, almost hit a volunteer. It's not supposed to be there, right in the face. Ended up in the fairway.
4: I realize that's why Rafa was introducing him. They're Spaniards together. Hey,
0: Rafa is so good, right? He's this guy. Oh yeah,
4: oh yeah. yeah. Hasn't lost a uh, French Open in <laughs> yep. a long Turn time. King of the clay.
3: He's got, on the clay. he's got this thing, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Trains with the Spanish soccer team. Ah! Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know how. Do it again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ah! <laughs> I think that's the sound he makes. I, th- I think he's a higher pitch sound. Yeah. I if I do, he's so good. It's like him and Federer, right? Those are the two. Yeah, yeah. Federer Joker. and Djokovic. Djokovic. Oh, Djokovic, that's our guy, right? He's an American. No,
3: Croatian. Hey, did you read Andre Agassi's book? <laughs> good. <laughs> I've never read a book in my life, but
0: I will put that one on there because Andre Agassi, what a legend! Do you re- you read a lot of books, or do you listen to that one? How does that go about happening?
3: I don't know if I read or listened to that one. I listened to more now lately, Um, but, man, it's a good book. His upbringing, his dad was kind of crazy and driving him, and he talks about how he accidentally did meth one time. He was wearing a wig uh, a lot of the time when he had that long hair. Like, it's a good book, man. That hair wasn't real? No, it was a wig. And Once you read the book, you realize that once it all came out, because Andre went from having this sweet long hair doing commercials, and then he showed up for a tournament, with bald. like a super buzz cut, bald, and I'm like, oh, okay, he cut his hair, I guess. I never really saw the transition from balding to this. And then he talks about it in his book, yeah, he was wearing he was wearing like a clip in rug kind of thing to cover up his baldness. It was weird.
0: How do you accidentally smoke
3: meth? Is that a is like you're smoking spice? Oh, yeah. I think it was a trainer. I don't know if he smoked it or however he gave it to him. something. I don't. Here. I forget exactly. I think him and McEnroe were out in New York City one time.
0: So card. Here, smoke something off of this. <laughs> I don't know if he smoked spoon. it. Maybe it wasn't
3: <laughs> meth. It was some kind of. No, was...
5: I think it was meth.
3: Yeah, smoking pretty sure it meth? Is meth. Yeah, That's... someone gave it to him, a trainer somehow, and he thought it was something else. I don't know if he smoked it or how he ingested it.
0: Pretty thankful he didn't get hooked on the old meth there mm-hmm. at one time. He hates <laughs> tennis too, right?
3: Seems pretty addicting.
0: It's because he was smoking meth, probably.
3: <laughs> Why is well, it... I think he had like a the classic like overbearing dad that w- was all over him from a young age on how he needed to win and work and do all this stuff. And I think that was one of the things he dealt with his whole life. It was Marinovich. like trying to get his dad to look at him and say, Hey, you're not the worst. Michael Jordan stuff.
0: Yeah. Marinovich. Todd Marinovich. Yeah. Todd Marinovich.
3: Yeah. It's Marinovich for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, Jordan's his dad told him to go back in the house with his mom. Cause he couldn't change a tire. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that Marinovich 30 for 30 was or serious. Eight. That
0: was the one where they were, him and his dad made up right. Or something like that. I can't remember. I am not I sure. don't think they made up. They were on a beach. Wasn't he on a beach throwing a
3: ball in that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at the it end. Was USC to, t- yeah. Yeah, I tried to buy some of Marinovich's art. He was painting. I think in that oh, 30 yeah, for yeah, 30, they showed him painting like on a boardwalk uh-huh. in Venice. I wanted to oh, find that art and buy it. That's what you do. You buy great gifts right there. Right?
0: <laughs> that is what you do. But by the way, I have a surprise. Write it down, Ty, when I tell you. Yep. We have a surprise gift for you.
3: But the best thing is, Ty's mm-hmm. going to write down surprise mm-hmm. gift, AJ, and then... Ty's going to come to you in seven minutes, and you're not going to have any, any kind of idea of what you were thinking about to get me.
0: Bingo. <laughs> Absolutely bingo. But in two days from now, I will remember. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I will be upset if it's not here. And then I'll be reminded that we none of us could remember what it was whenever it happened. And then we'll have to wait a week with shipping, and it we'll get here at a time where it's too late. And then we just move on to the next thing. We just move on. And it on. shows
3: up, and you're going to forget. You're like, who sent us this? Why and you realize hell, you ordered it.
0: Why the hell do we have Marinovich's painting? I don't even know this fucking guy. His art's it. actually really cool. I got it
5: right here. It's
3: very good. Yeah. Ooh.
5: Look at sweetness. Can I buy it? Oh, yeah.
3: Go to the football. Did he go? He went after that 30 for 30. I think he, like, relapsed and went back to jail. Yeah, he did. What? Mm hmm. Is he out?
0: Oh, that's tough. Sorry. That guy still doesn't know where our set is. Still, still looking for it. He was supposed to join our show, and I guess he got lost finding our set down at uh, Radio
3: Row, we were told. Barry Bradshaw?
0: Yeah. We he
3: just... doesn't have any handlers that can show him the way?
0: Nah, well, we were lied to, oh, but in turn, we way. just thought about him just aimlessly walking around Radio Row looking for our show, and it was <laughs> kind of comical there for a little bit. Just will find us.
3: <laughs> He'll find us on Yacht Week. We will
0: be doing out Week, and we have other massive news that we will break. Tomorrow on McAfee & Hawk Sports Talk, this has been Thursday, June 11th. Thursday, June 11th, the day the world found out that veteran NFL players will be reporting on July 28th to training camp, the day the world found out. Thursday, June 11th. AJ, you have anything for the people here before we head out of here?
3: No, I think you do a good job of kind of recapping the show and making sure everyone knows like what's going on in the world and, and other things of that nature so i'm okay
0: do you want to maybe congratulate the room on breaking some massive news
3: here yeah. oh congrats guys congrats i i really hope thank you our commissioner doesn't come out and announce july 27th as the report date for 18. veterans
0: well, that means, uh, we beat who says that our
3: commissioner isn't my source Ooh. Mm. you don't want to out not? your source like that
0: yeah it's not but i'm just saying he could
3: be because i haven't said who my sources you know i haven't said roger goodell text with that's that is the question is there any media members that he will text with and can he text
0: Mm -mm. pop now Mm.
3: Mm. he might send voice memos
0: there is something where you can speak. What is oh, that? yeah, speak to text. My old man does a lot of speak to text, and every once in a while there will be some words that make no sense, and he'll be like, sorry, speak to text or whatever. I'm like, good move, good move. So you just talking into your phone, and this son of a bitch just starts putting texts out together for you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: It works, that's, too.
0: That's a weapon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe I start doing that. now I'll stick with the FaceTime. AJ, we'll FaceTime you manana. We can't thank you enough for watching. This has been McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Evan Foxy, please play some music.
4: The greatest sports talk show on the internet
0: From one to two, it's a time. time
4: So come on down for a mental vacation With the boys on YouTube Live It's McAfee and Hawk it's McAfee
1: and Hawks, Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks. And what? So
4: rust belt kind of guy. AJ and That's the butter of the ticket for the 2010s.
6: Kicking piss missiles to the sky. It's McAfee and
4: Hawks. It's McAfee and Hawks, Sports
1: Talk. It's McAfee and Hawks. Sports Talk. Sports
0: <laughs> So sorry to interrupt once again, but I have to tell you about Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is America's original butcher since 1917 with five generations of quality and expertise in delivering perfectly aged beef hand-carved by master butchers in the heartland of America. The steaks are the most tender and most flavorful, or if you're Zito, flavorful. You can only get steaks like this from Omaha steaks all of omaha steaks world-class steaks burgers chops and more are delivered safely to your door and backed by our unconditional 100 percent money-back guarantee omaha steaks bring people together even when they're far apart their meals everyone will share remember and love from the brand that america has loved for over a hundred years so you can order with confidence. Omaha Steaks is 100% American grain finished beef, naturally aged at least 21 days for the ultimate in tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. Omaha Steaks offers a variety of options everyone loves. Steaks, chicken, pork, burgers, easy-to-make meals, desserts, and more. Omaha Steaks are the perfect Father's Day gift because Dad wants steak, not another stupid, tire gift card. Dad wants meat. And the meat you should be given, Dad, is from America's original butcher. Omaha Steaks also have Applewood smoked steak cut bacon, which is perfectly cured and cut extra thick. There's only eight slices per pound. It's bacon like no other. Every order is flash frozen, vacuum sealed, safely delivered in a cooler with dry ice and stays ready to cook in freezer for months. So take advantage of these deals. Buy one for your father for Father's Day. Buy one for yourself for later. And it's all backed by their unconditional 100% money back guarantee. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering listeners of this show an access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect to send dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PAT in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping, wow, and a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, Applewood smoked steak-cut bacon. There are many packages available that are perfect for your dad, and they're all ready to be shipped straight to his door in time for Father's Day. OmahaSteaks.com, type Pat in the search bar, and get Dad some amazing meat. Look at their packages. There's a variety of them. They're all incredible. But make sure you send Dad the right Father's Day gift this year. OmahaSteaks.com, type Pat in the search bar. Get him the meat that he wants in his mouth. And that's Omaha Steaks meat. All right, we are now joined by a man who is an absolute stud. Super Bowl champ, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, a member of the Indianapolis Colts Hall of Fame, our ring of honor, will be a member of the Hall of Fame whenever the time comes, out of Syracuse University, ladies and gentlemen, Dwight Freeney. Yeah, Dwight Freeney. how are you baby i'm great i appreciate you joining us this morning let's get right into it Uh, Jadavion Clowney is still a free agent right now obviously everybody knows the potential of Jadavion Clowney he doesn't rack up all the stats and numbers when it comes to getting the quarterback but he's disruptive in his own fashion it has been alleged that he turned down a one year deal from the Cleveland Browns if you you were Jadavion Clowney and you had a chance to have Miles Garrett on a D-line alongside of you
1: how would that have helped him and if you were him is that a decision you would have thought about making yeah I mean absolutely I mean, I think when you have somebody on the opposite side of you, it makes life a lot easier. And what's interesting is that, you know, this game is about statistics and stats. Right, Pat? Yeah. Unfortunately, like, you know, sometimes in my career, even some of my better years, I didn't have the amount of stats. But no one knew do it and no one cared you know you know i was out there beating left tackle after left tackle but only could barely get to 10 sacks but that doesn't mean much to everybody else in the world because they see people with more sacks you know ahead of you so truth be told you know he needs to have those statistics to really get himself on the next level of things and for him to do that i think he needs to play next to somebody else On the other side, who's getting a lot of attention. So he can now shine, have those big sack years, maybe have one big sack year. And then after that, go into the free agency if that's what he wants to do.
0: Because when Robert Mathis showed up and you guys became 98, 93, bring the heat Boulevard and a, a, a let's race to the quarterback and everything like that, what was your initial mindset whenever you saw Robert not only transition from a special teamer into a, a workhorse, into a dominant strong side defensive end there? I mean, what was the mindset? You had to be so thankful at that point. Really, thank God we got a guy over there.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, to have a guy like Robert Mathis on the opposite side, I mean, it made my life so much easier. And the thing is, with past rushers, you know, John Turling, rest his heart, you know, rest in peace. You know, look, the more guys to have get after the quarterback, the better. And I don't care if it's three guys, four guys, getting guys off the bench, guys on the opposite side we're after one thing and that's that quarterback. So you have somebody out opposite side that you know that's gonna be bringing that heat like Robert Mathis did. It makes the other guys even more motivated. It gives you more energy. You get more one-on-one blocks. It's just, you know, it's what you would want, all right? So you don't really want to be on the defensive line by yourself and be the only disruptor because you're gonna get all the attention. You're gonna get all the double teams and it's going to be hard for you to get those numbers.
0: As soon as I heard there was a chance for him to be with Miles Garrett, I think everybody in the AFC North was like, oh, please <laughs> do not do that. And the Browns had enough money to make that play happen. Jadavion Clowney allegedly turned them down. I see your shirt you're wearing. Uh, we also have that you're on Team Jordan there. Mike's yeah, your guy. Totally. What did you think about the uh, the last dance? I assume you watched that what, either before everybody else or at the same time as everybody else. What was your thoughts on that whole thing?
1: Oh, man, it was amazing. You know, it was... Something that, you know, I know Michael very well over over the years. You know, he's like my big brother. And, you know, so I thought I knew a lot about what was going on, you know. And I only knew half. You know, it it was great. It came out a perfect time, Pat, where no one was doing absolutely anything. You know, I was watching the paint dry. You know, I was looking for anything on television just to watch to entertain myself, man. It was tough. So when that came on, it was literally like you know, bucket of popcorn, you know, feed up, you know, ready to, just just get, get after it for the next two hours. The he came out before
0: was released and said that people are going to think he is potentially um, a hole of the ass, right? That's what he said. People are going to potentially think he's a bad guy. It has come out that some people that were in there didn't love how they were portrayed. But other than that, getting a chance to see how he, I don't want to say demanding and and what held people accountable, but watching somebody at that elite level, like you, you were there. Uh, Peyton is up in that elite level, watching people that are great at what they do in live in a completely different sphere robert's one of those guys i mean there's a lot of those people that i've got to see to do it but watch the way jordan did it was insane and then the conversations about him off the f- off the court whether it's in golf owing oh, that one guy two million bucks or something of that nature Praise and they all <laughs> they only showed by the way him playing golf bad why is that was that him trying to hustle people you think
1: uh, you know what? Knowing him, it might it might have. You know, listen, I play golf with that guy three to four times a week, and I have never seen him putt like how bad. You know that grip. The very first golf clip that they showed of him putting, it was the worst putting grip, putting stroke I've ever seen. So I immediately text him right after. I said, "Really? Yeah." He said, "Look." I have one leg up on you if that's how you started. You know, so, <laughs> hey, when I get 55, 56 years old, watch out. You know, that's what I sent him. But in the end, look, people are going to say what they're going to say. You know, you can't please everybody, Pat. In the end, you know what? I think it was, it was just a blessing to be able to see behind the curtain of what was going on on that team and what his mindset was. You know, without that, we would have never known. Okay. unfortunately, yes, there are some truths that came out that people are going to have to deal with. But that is what it is. You know, that is what happened. And he's just they was just recording what happened and and letting the world know at a, a pivotal time, because that's what we needed. No sports. This was great. That Utah pizza guy,
0: he's been telling stories for so oh long. <laughs> he's been telling everybody he knows about, it. I brought pizza to Michael Jordan the night before game six. I was there. Me and him had a good conversation. And then he's been telling everybody in Utah about this story. And then this thing comes out and he's like, everybody's starting to send him text.
1: You got him the pizza, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that you? No, 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 that no, was not me. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. He might be a hero in Utah, but after outside of Utah, he's probably the most hated pizza guy in the world. Too.
0: Team Joe. Uh, team Jordan is donating a hundred million dollars over the next 10 years. I know that that Jordan team is a tight group. I mean, it really is like a, it's, I don't want to say it's, it is, it's like a fraternity for the greats in the sports world coming together. Were you a part of any of those conversations? Do you still keep up with the team Jordan stuff? And, and when did you get in to team Jordan? What year was that in your career?
1: Um, I think it was around 07, 08, around there. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely an elite group and you know he brings certain guys not everybody can be on the team and you know he likes specific guys for whatever reasons they he likes them and um i was blessed to be a part of team jordan and and obviously now i feel even more special because of what he's doing for you know a lot of those community black community out there donating a hundred million dollars over the next 10 years I mean, it tells you, you know, their commitment to trying to make things better um, in this crazy time right now. Do you guys have like summits? Is it like, hey, you, everybody, somebody gets like a bird call, and like, Woo! Like, Team Jordan,
0: we need every great athlete to come yeah. down to Florida, like, do you yeah, guys- like Yeah, like
1: Transformers, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, forms, forms, transform, whatever. So, in the end, you know what? Every year, there is a summit. You know, and in years past, they held every summer where people who are part of the team joining the brand come together in a certain location. People can golf, you bring your wives, you bring your kids, you go out there. We talk about some of the new things that they're going to think about doing from a fashion standpoint, you know, maybe having a little bit of messaging within their fashion stuff, you know, kind of just talking about how important social media is in their platforms of different players to get their message out there. So every year, you know, they get together. OK. And they have like this Jordan summit every summertime to go out there and really, you know, hey, listen, this is what we're talking about this year. This is what we're thinking about this year. We want your input on how we can become what you want us to become as in brand Jordan.
0: I was I was trying to send him my tape to get recruited, (laughs) Team Jordan. You know what I mean. I think I thought it was gonna be a long shot to be a punter on Team Jordan, but I was giving it my go, Dwight. Very long shot. (laughs) Uh, You said you played golf with with him three to four times a week.
1: Three to four times a week, Pat. You know. Hey, I've heard about his
0: golf games, Dwight, and I've seen you in action too. Those things have to be electric to be a part of I assume.
1: Um, I mean, it's one of the best golf golfing groups we got. I mean. It's so funny. You know, it's like you think you know how to play golf or you know how you think you could play fast until you play with their group. We get thirty-six holes in in five and a half hours to six hours every single time we play. All right. And that's with six guys, Pat. Wow. That's not with that's not with four guys. All right. It's like four guys, you think, okay, that's gonna take eight hours. No. Six guys, it takes five and a half hours. And it might take five and a half hours because me. Because I can't find my ball, it <laughs> takes five hours. Right?
0: <laughs> that's in. So it's just everybody has their own cart. Obviously, you get yep. you get to ball, you hit ball. I'll see you at the green. Basically, yes.
1: Hit the ball and, and hey, listen. If you get hit, oh well. All right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, just, that's just what it is. Uh, that's part. Of, that's part of the game. Avoiding other guys' shots as you hit your ball it just brings it to another level. Right? Are you are you a fisherman at all? You know what? I went out and a couple times he invites me and I go out and I like to fish. But the thing is this, you know, this actually last year was the first time I've ever been fishing. You know, I, I've never been fishing. My, my father never brought me up that way. So I had no idea. I like the competitive factor of it. But when MJ goes fishing, it's like, you know, some people go fishing in the morning for three hours and come back. He fishes for like eight hours, man. <laughs> so it's like, you'll go out, you'll, you know, wake up at whatever, seven o'clock in the morning and you're back at like 5 p.m., like a work day. <laughs> I don't know if I like fishing that much, you know, but I do enjoy it a little bit. But um, this trip, what he's on right now is great. He told me about it prior to that he was going. I told him, hey, good luck, you know. Hey. I always, And I, I also told him this, I said, look, I'm you when you retired because when he retired, fishing was not part of the conversation. It was all about golf. This is the only thing he worried about was golf. He just wanted to golf, golf, golf. Okay, now he's like 55 or 56. Now he wants to go fishing and stuff like that and drag me along. I'm like, no, I'm doing what you did, right? <laughs> I want to be like Mike, right? I want to golf <laughs> until I just can't golf anymore. And then when I'm done with that, then I'll go fishing, all right, when I'm 50 years old.
0: How do you feel? How's the body feel? You were always a guy that took very good care of yourself. You had the nutritionist way before the nutritionist world came in. You were drinking yeah. the high pH water. I mean, I remember you really yeah. taking care of your body before everybody else. How is the body now after obviously a long career of uh, banging around with a bunch of grown ass men out there?
1: Yeah, I know, man. Knock on wood. You know, it's it's still doing good. You know, the body feels good. You know, it was a blessing for me. The reason why I retired wasn't because. Physically, I couldn't do it anymore, you know, and I think that was one thing that was a goal for me, you know, when I got later in my career, you know, I got hurt one in San Diego, I think in 2013 or something like that. And I told myself, look, I want to leave on my own terms. All right. And I don't want it because of an injury of why I left. So I played another three or four years after that. And funny, you know, I tell people when I was what in year Sixteen, I felt better than I was in year 10, you know, because of how my body felt. It was absolutely great. Um, But so right now I'm still feeling good. Who are Uh, those? Who are those dudes
0: in geese? What'd you say? You know who I'm talking about. Those dudes that showed up in karate suits when your ankle was... (laughs) I told this story the other day. I was like, there was these body gurus (laughs) that were in full karate geese that showed up. Because Dwight, you had like a dislocated ankle or something. I forget, you had this massive ankle injury going into the Super Bowl. And the conversation was, listen, we will take any advice from anybody if they think that we can get Freeney's ankle good enough to play because obviously the pass game for the Saints was massive. So Freeney could barely walk all week of the Super Bowl. Then Super Bowl comes, this son of a bitch gets a sack in the game, hits a spoon move on a guy, it makes no sense. And the only thing I thought of afterwards was like, not only is Aaron Burrill obviously and the entire training staff of the Colts awesome, yes. but these dudes that were in geese. Who the hell were these dudes in geese?
1: <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, so... So it was Leon Melman, okay? Leon Melman is a chiropractor and and nutritionist that I've been dealing with. You know, I dealt with his mother first. And then, you know, when she passed away, then I dealt with him. And he is just a master when it comes to chiropractic, soft tissue stuff. He's a guy, part of my team that I worked with year in and year out, you know? So it was, he was a part of that team trying to get me ready. You know, and it was a blessing that I was in South Florida because his practice was in South Florida. So, you know, when he when he gets ready to go, he puts on that, quote unquote, karate suit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he gets going, man, and he gets he gets after it. And and hey, that was a grade three, I think, ankle sprain. So I didn't even have ligaments. You know, they weren't really even attached. And somehow I was able to play. They told me I was out four to six weeks for sure. And somehow in two weeks I was able to play. So, you know, big ups to him, man, and him getting me right.
0: Hey, I don't know who he was, but I remember that guy in the gi. If I ever have an interesting situation or I need to get back for something, I'm calling Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Karate Ladies and Kid. gentlemen, fu- future Hall of Famer, great teammate, member of Team Jordan, an absolute good human, Dwight Freeney. We can't thank you enough. Yeah, boy, Dwight. Hey, man, thanks for
1: having me, boss.
0: Thank you, Free. I'll talk to you soon. Joining us now is the official authority on baseball in my life, and I would assume a lot of other people, uh, from ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, Jet Passer. Yeah,
1: Jet, Jet,
3: Jet. Jet.
0: How's it going, Jet? Jet, how um, we see you in normal clothes here. I did not know that was a thing for you.
6: Yeah, it's uh, I, I actually sleep in the suit and I just <laughs> change into this for the show.
0: <laughs> you do this is kind of weird to not see you in the full i mean because 5 30 a.m or whatever you're doing korean baseball on espn full suit i mean you're in a full suit you go on can we can,
6: can we actually can we actually get two more important subjects <laughs> No. Um Jim. I saw during the I saw during the break yep. that you chug, was it chugged a full twelve ounce beer in one point one second. Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, that was at the Yankee game. Doesn't get talked about enough because uh other athletes chug uh but I used to and I every once in a while I can get one down there pretty quick. Right there. We found out that we were sitting right in the seats that were on television. Like we 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 had no idea until about probably Third or fourth inning, we looked at our phones because you don't have a lot of service in those things. And we just got screenshots of us just from people. I'm like, oh, oh my God, here we go. So we go into the little buffet area. We grab up beers. <laughs> All right, this, we're going to... Listen, this game's over. They already hit a grand slam. <laughs> we might as well take this for what it is. And any right-handed batter, we were right in the back of it. And uh, next time it came on, I was like, "Here we go! I'm gonna get this down." And they're only on that camera angle for only a couple seconds, you know, because they go to the back one for right. the pitch. So as soon as that thing turned red, I tried to get it down. And sometimes, you know, the throat is just wide open, and it <laughs> felt like it felt like that was really going through a tunnel down there. It was a good. I thought it was a pretty good performance.
6: I, I say this because I feel like when we get together which is an inevitability at this point yes uh, we gotta have a chugging contest oh, I, Whoa. I I uh, listen I don't know if I'm gonna beat 1.1 second that's really really good but I can hold my own still yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. pushing 40. I can hold my own a little bit yeah so c- it, it, it's on McAfee. I want to let you on. know
0: I I used to be a pretty renowned chugger. Uh, I had to retire the chug because everywhere I went Mm -hmm. I I would literally get challenged like 30 times (laughs) 30 times a day and I could not say no to that. No. I literally could not say no to it because people would talk like how you were talking right there and I'm like, okay, this has to happen. Just so just so, whenever you go back to your friend group and you talk about this, I would like you to see the difference between how you chug a beer and how I chug a beer. So boom, normally I let people start too. I'm like, go ahead, do your thing. And then it's just like, see you later, put it down, walk away. Don't never have a conversation again
6: with the oh, person. Oh yeah, the, wa- the walk-off chug is the way to do it. Yeah. No question about it. But I feel, I feel like I would be a, a reasonable con- Better.
0: See, this is what happens. Everyone. This that is what this, this is what happens, Jet. This is literally what happens. And by the way, that's why I had to retire it because I'm not mature enough to be like, all right, bet's good. Let's because I'm not mature enough. I am not mature enough. The first time I traveled with Pat, he chugged over 20 beers and I was astounded. <laughs> the first time. The first time by the way, this kid's working for me. I'm his first ever boss. And I'm like, hey, this is the game, kid. Uh let's get to a game. That th- We will chug beers together, by the way, though. I'll, br- I'll, br- I'll bring the chug out of retirement because of how much you have done for this show and everything wow. yeah, I will. I will. That's yeah, hey, I will. Hey, I will. Hey, I hey. Don't, don't have to. Pass it. I don't have to do it, but I'm doing it because Woo. I'm so thankful for what you have done for this show. Let's talk about it, Jet.
6: Generosity. <laughs> it's the
0: least I can do. <laughs> um, Jeff, baseball seems like they are at a standoff right now when it comes to negotiation. I talked to Kevin Euclid yesterday. I talked to him yesterday, and he broke down why players would hate a 48-game season or anything like that due to (laughs) the rotation of the pitchers and everything of that nature, the stats, of teams. He basically said it's not even real baseball. If it's not at 80 games, it's not even, in his eyes, it's not even a conversation. Is that how a lot of the players feel? And it does feel like the MLB owners are not going to do that at a (laughs) prorated salary. Is that going to be the ultimate standoff at the end of this thing?
6: that's exactly what it is and the players are incredibly firm right now in their stance on getting paid full prorated salary they believe that this is a principle that they need to stand behind because if you look at the way that the last like five to ten years have gone for players this is their perspective and how they feel they see something like uh 30 plus year old free agents uh, you know, being told that they should be fitted for walkers. And they see, um, you know, in arbitration, teams taking uh, just really hard-line stances. And they see something like, uh, it, you know, players call it the punitive renewal. So the way that salaries work in baseball is if, you're, if you have fewer than three years of service time in the big leagues, the club can essentially tell you what your salary is going to be. Now, there's sometimes where it's sort of back and forth, like, hey, we'll offer you this. You say, no, I want that. They'll say, fine, we'll meet in the middle. But if you don't accept what their ultimate offer is, they can pay you whatever they want to. And, and some people call it the punitive renewal because they can renew your contract for wherever they want. So it's things like this Jeez. that have really gotten under the skin of baseball players. They feel like yeah. they've been bullied, they've been kicked around, they've been pushed. And remember, the, the players for decades were the power brokers in this situation because of Marvin Miller and because of Donald fear and because of the the union leaders that they had who stood up and were willing to have labor stoppages to fight for particular rights. The players right now are ready to fight and they are standing behind the fully prorated salary as their fight.
0: You can see why they would be jaded. I mean, I got jaded in a business negotiation and I it made me hate where I was working. And le- So you could yes. see how those first three years of basically everybody in the league, how you could potentially get jaded if you're being screwed over by maybe just one bad owner or two bad owners or something of that nature. I'm not saying everybody in the MLB is getting screwed over. I would assume you're not saying that as well. But there are probably situations no. there where somebody has a friend that something happened to him where he got screwed over or something like that. You carry that in. Plus the fact that you signed a deal for full, fully guaranteed. Now they're trying to do the whole thing. You could see why players would be very frustrated but isn't it getting to the 11th hour here and are the players okay with potentially doing an illegal strike which would be a breach of contract and doing are they like willing to go that far in your eyes this is obviously a guarantee but in your eyes
6: yeah pat we're not in the 11th hour we're in the 111th hour (laughs) the 11th hour was like weeks ago at this point and that's the the most frustrating part of this entire thing is that the discussions that they're having right now the positions that they're staked out in right now could have been done two months ago. Like th- this could have happened. It's June 10th today. You know what was supposed to happen? June 10th. Spring training was supposed to start today. Oh,
0: so it's not happening. Gonna,
6: and they were going to start baseball on you know Fourth of July, like around that time. So, and, so this isn't right happening.
0: Now, it's it, not happening. I mean,
6: it's, it's just it, it is it is incredibly frustrating. I think for everybody involved and. Listen, I'm not going to be the both sides guy in every situation, but in this particular situation, when it comes to these negotiations and when it comes to how long they've taken, both sides are unquestionably at fault.
0: Well, by the way, both sides is how you should look at everything. You should learn what both sides of it are and then pick. Which side you're right. I feel like that is something that we don't always do. Not not just talk about this situation, but in general. And I think you're right there. Whenever you can not just blame one person or the other, it's obviously better whenever you notice that there's a gray area where there's potentially both are at fault here. But at the end of the day, I said this yesterday, and I think I I heard it from you, but I might have miss said what I said The players can't even strike, right? And if they strike, it's a breach of contract. If it's a breach of contract, then all the guaranteed millions and and millions millions down the road that guys are already guaranteed, that's potentially all wiped out too. Like, Do the players have any leverage in this? Just like the punitive renewal, how the players have no say there, the MLB owners can do whatever they want. Is this that same type of situation? Like when the MLB owners finally just want to say, no, we're done. This is what's happening. They can do that?
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately for the players, if you strike in the middle of a collective bargaining agreement, uh, it it is going to get taken to a judge and it is going to get overturned instantaneously and you're going to be right back to work. And, And the players recognize this, which is why they have acknowledged that if Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, institutes a season, remember, that's part of their March agreement. That Rob Manfred can set the season at whatever he wants. And they're trying to find a happy medium here and get to an agreement on what that season is. If they can't do that, though, MLB is going to play that 48-game season, and there's nothing that the players can do about it except file a grievance. And that's where it gets really ugly, Pat, and that's where it gets Not really dirty. And in the grievance room, there's going to be all sorts of discovery requests, and that's going to be for MLB's financials, and that's going to be for the players' associations' communications during this whole thing. And it's just going to set a really bad precedent going into 2021 when the collective bargaining agreement does expire, oh, and no. after which we could see a lockout or a strike.
0: Baseball's dead. <laughs> That's, that would mean baseball's dead. If they can't come to a good collective bargaining agreement, which let's assume they'll be able to, but in baseball, it takes a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot that has to happen in baseball. I don't. This is not good. Ty is our uh, local baseball fan. We don't have a lot. You, you know, there's not a lot of baseball fans out there. But here is a uh, diehard baseball fan, Ty Schmidt. And while you were speaking over there, he was just sighing. This, like, He's not happy about any of this. Because the baseball fans are seeing other leagues. NHL, 2014 tournament. They got Vegas locked down. They're not sure what's going to happen in the East. Whether it's Toronto, if Canada can get off the 14-day quarantine. Seems like Columbus will probably be it. But the NHL is figuring this out. They already got players back on the ice. They're doing it independent skates, sticks run, uh, pucks and everything of that nature. Then you look at the MLS. They just okayed a 54-game tournament World Cup style in the same place that the NBA is going to do a 22-team tournament. So the baseball fans are sitting here seeing all this happen, all this happen, and then you're hearing the authority on baseball basically be like, well, there's going to be some grievances and there's going to be this and there's a new CBA. This is not a good time to be a baseball fan, Jeff.
6: Here, here's my question for you, uh, Pat, we, we need to do like a Dear Pat uh, life advice yeah. segment column, whatever it is. And, Dr. and here's Pat, my call. Here's my question for Dear Pat, Dr. If, Pat. Base, if baseball goes away, Dr. Pat, thank you. What do I do with my life?
0: Well, here's a good thing for you, Jet. Uh, although your life has been completely revolving around baseball for my knowledge of your existence, okay? (laughs) So since I've known that you have existed on my television with incredible suits, a great fake backdrop, cool albums in the back, but the words that were coming out of your mouth were always good baseball stuff. It was knowledgeable stuff set in a fashion that kept me engaged. So although your entire existence in my head and probably a lot of people's heads is directly correlated to baseball, I think because of how well you've made a sport that is basically insufferable to watch, kind of sound entertaining, you'll be able to do that with any other sport. So for you, Jeff, I think you're in a good spot. But for those diehard baseball fans who hate every other sport, and I don't think you're that way. Jeff, you seem like a guy that loves competition, loves sports, loves athleticism. You've just taken a a big piece of your heart to America's pastime. I think you'll be able to figure out how to cover another sport in a beautiful fashion. But for the fans that love baseball more than anything, they're going to be in a bad spot. That'll be $700. That was, what, 35 cents? <laughs> and uh, that's what I got. Was- no, but.
6: It's amazing that you can charge $700 for, for an answer that said absolutely nothing. I appreciate that. That <laughs> hey. is very well done. Hey, that's psychology, baby. Nobody else.
0: That's you know, psychology, we, yeah. baby. That's business. Um, what would happen? There, we're not talking about a potential non-existence of the MLB. I, I assume... If, let's say, let's go Doomsday. Hey, let's do Doomsday. Here we go. We'll do Doomsday. Can't figure it out. They get so jaded at each other. New CBA. Can't come to an agreement. You miss the 2020 season because COVID-19 and then not being able to figure out business. You miss 2021 because you're not being able to figure out business. What happens after that? Is there another league that forms? Is there a Vince McMahon XFL baseball that comes out? Like, what would it be? I don't. How do you fix this problem? Because the MLB owners know we're the only game in town. Literally in the whole world, people come to play in our league. I mean, the KBO is awesome. The Dinos got hot bats, even though they lost this morning mm-hmm. to the Doosan Bears. I mean, that was an upset that none of us expected. But aside from that, the MLB has a monopoly on this thing. How do the players fix any of this?
6: I think that they fix this. They have to understand, and I'm talking the players and the owners, if they don't get a deal done within the next week or so, we're looking at a 48-game season. If we're looking at a 48-game season, that is step one in your doomsday scenario playing out. If the doomsday scenario plays out, I mean, could, you know, it's scary to think, Pat, about 2021, when we're not sure if fans are gonna be back in the stands and the whole question of economic feasibility pops up again. And we're going and playing this entire song and dance one more time. So then are you going to have an issue in 2021? And then you don't have a collective bargaining agreement after the season. And it's going to be coming on the heels of a dead free agent, period. You know, I, I was talking with a player yesterday who's going to be a free agent this offseason. And he's like, how bad is it going to be? And I was like, it's probably going to be pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, teams are, teams are just, you know, they're not going to have anywhere close to the same amount of revenues coming in. And they're not going to want to put large uh, long contracts on their books because there is such uncertainty, not for the next year, not for the next two years. This is something that's going to have fallout five years down the road. And, and when it comes to, I mean, when you see these sides fighting over a marginal couple hundred millions of dollars, which in the grand scheme of things, Pat, considering the revenues that baseball make is not that much. Imagine what it's going to be like when they're fighting over the billions of dollars, that are at stake for the years to come
0: i just don't see because if you're a free agent your entire life you've worked for this moment to get this and in baseball by the way i don't know who you're texting with i don't know how high you are you're the authority on baseball I'd assume it's pretty high but there's 400 million dollar contracts there's 300 million dollar contracts and these things are guaranteed so you've got these humans that are going into their contract or free agency year they're like okay if i just succeed 30% Thirty percent of the time this next season, I am gonna get broken off a couple hundred million dollars. I've worked there moment, hey. and now it's like, well, hate to break to you, but it might only be forty eight games if you guys even want to play that. Then there's probably gonna be a CBA negotiation, maybe a lockout. Then yeah, you're probably about two, three years. Eh, maybe never never going to get that money that you thought this could be a big change in baseball especially because that national emergency clause that they have in there I would assume right. the owners saw this COVID-19 that was unprecedented and they're like well now we have to account for this potentially happening in the future again we don't know what's going to happen we're going to see a brand new baseball will we see the same great players will this hold any players out from going in playing in the MLB or will they, you think another league ever happens
6: I, I don't see another league happening. Just yeah, logistically, it right. it's right. so difficult. It takes such an enormous amount of money to start up something like that. You wonder about the stadiums. Um, I mean, there, there are a bunch of hurdles. Uh, I, what do you I need a couple we'll bats,
0: be- a couple of balls, <laughs> some steroids. We can Airbnb that stadium down in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. They're giving it away. I mean, I, I think that is something. That's the only way the players have any any leverage is, is it, if there's somewhere else to go. If- no, 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 I'm gonna disagree with you on that. You know how the players have leverage? Cause they're the
6: best in the world at what they do and we love excellence.
0: Yeah, we do. We like seeing the greats be great, but we also yeah. hate hearing about the business side of what the greats expect to be paid we, because we they do. are great. And,
6: and I think, you know what Pat, somebody brought up a great point to me yesterday. As, as we see these two sides that are entrenched in their positions, And don't want to give, and and this is turning into a power struggle. It's almost like they're looking for the dub, right? Like they want to To win.
0: win. Especially because it's public.
6: And the way that this, the way that this person said it to me is, the owners aren't going to win, the players aren't going to win, the pandemic won, and we all have to figure out what to do in the wake of that. And I thought that was a very salient point, that this is not a normal collective bargaining negotiation. This is in the midst of something that we could not have fathomed or imagined. And we have to understand that everybody in the end is going to be giving something up. And once they recognize that and acknowledge that, that's when baseball comes
0: back. That's business, baby. <laughs> hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, the authority on baseball. Ladies and gentlemen from ESPN, Jet Passon. Yeah, my yeah. oh, boy Jet, that. 747. Hey, thanks for saving the uh, world yesterday too. By the way, I didn't tell you know your entire story, but I, I said we can't have the authority on baseball on the show because he has to go save the world. So we appreciate you doing that for the world.
6: Uh, listen, uh, one step at a time, man. One, one good deed, one kindness. Everyone just try to do that once a day and the world will be a better place.
0: And one final question, your Twitter cover photo, it says Jeff Passon isn't here while stone cold. Steve Austin's ass is walking by you. I believe is that stone cold. Who is that?
6: That is Stone Cold. Man, you got, like, do you know Stone Cold's ass that
0: well? <laughs> well, I, I know wrestling, I, that was a very Stone Cold Steve Austin look while walking by there, at, uh, especially it the Raw is War era. Were you front row right there trying not to tell your parents you weren't there? What is this?
6: Do you do you have a little time for this story? Yeah. Because it's a little bit of a story. Okay, Three
0: minutes. We have three minutes. Literally, that is the max we have. So get it together, Jet.
6: All right senior year in high school 1998, I believe it was middle of March, buddy of mine had gone to a WWF at the time event, and had just a a bad experience. I don't know what it was. So he calls up Stanford says I had a terrible time. They're like, fine. Next time raw is in town, we will give you front row corner seats on the aisle. So W.W.F. taking (laughs) care of people. So he has two tickets Down in the corner there. This is not just an average raw, Pat McAfee. This is the Mike Tyson, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that's a big raw. Yeah, this is like one of the great raws of all time. And my friend has two tickets and has two people to decide between either me or our friend Chaz. Chaz. The dick goes and picks Chaz. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) And so instead of chat, or instead of me getting to go to the show, he said, don't worry, I will make sure that you get on TV, brings a sign to the show <laughs> that says Jeff Passan isn't here. And as Stone Cold is walking out for the segment with Mike Tyson, Jeff Passan isn't here gets on USA. There
0: you go. go. You're a part of moments in WWE history that gets talked about and replayed thousands and, and thousands, thousands of times. And that's why hey, if baseball stops, you always be good.
6: Pat, next time, next time I'm on the show with you, remind me to tell you about my uh, voicemail message by The Rock. That's a good one too. Oh, he, he left you a voicemail? Oh no, 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 no. My outgoing message back when we had answering machines was The
0: Rock. <laughs> Smart. I mean, that's a good. Not not a bad person. Yes, <laughs> <You're> smart! <laughs> not bad, right there. I appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Benson. We gotta get to hey! Can't thank you enough for listening to us this entire week—Tuesday, Thursday, Friday—and then on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, the pod. You are the greatest humans on earth. We are forever indebted to you. If you like this show, please share it with your friends. Go ahead and give it a rating review as well. If you didn't like the show, don't give it a rate or a review, and don't tell your friends that you hated the show. Let's just act like, you know, this was just a little blipping time that never happened. From all of us to all of you, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.